0: And the motion picture is the most important art film ever devised by the human race. It is the, the art form that creates more empathy than any other. It creates our ability to step out of our own shoes.
1: Welcome to The Great Movies Pod, a retrospective film review show, the podcast where we watch and discuss each of the films covered in Roger Ebert's seminal film essay collection, The Great Movies. I'm Jana Gardner.
2: I'm Nick Fulton. And I'm Dylan Cuellar.
1: This week, we are discussing A Hard Day's Night, the 1964 musical comedy film directed by Richard Lester and starring the Beatles, John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison and Ringo Starr, made during the height of Beatlemania, screenplay by Alan Owen. Um, the, The film portrays a day in the life, day and a half in the life of the Beatles as they prepare for a television performance. Um, And also
2: grandfather.
1: That's true. I didn't even (laughs) shout out um, the best, arguably best supporting uh, actor in this movie, Wilfred Bramble, who has a delightfully British name uh, as Johnny McCartney, Paul's fictional grandfather. So the Beatles all play themselves in this movie. And then a couple of guys sort of play fictional versions of like their real managers and stuff. And then there's just a lot of other goofiness, most notably grandpa uh granddad mccartney <laughs> you can't say you, you can't call
2: him grandpa you have to call him grandfather
1: yeah <laughs> they call him grandfather and granddad at a couple of different points um, but you
2: gotta say what that liverpool accent yeah uh, yeah what, the, the, what a
1: uh, look that guy has the
2: wacko oh from
1: animaniacs <laughs> accent. Yes, yes yeah the wacko the wacko ringo accent uh did yeah you, so did you know that hard a, days apparently
3: apparently I, I looked this up, actually, after watching this movie. The Wacko accent was supposed to be John. And then oh. the uh, voice artist uh, saw how short Wacko was. So he just changed it to being slightly higher pitched and said it was Ringo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because of the height? Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> this this animated creature is short and therefore should sound more like Ringo than John. <laughs> Yeah, the accents aren't that different, but it's it's always definitely red as Ringo. Yeah, um, yeah. Also, that just works better for an animaniac than a John Lennon animaniac, I think. Yeah, I John know.
3: Lennon is the least likely to be an animaniac.
1: Yeah, he's he's pretty goofy at this stage. I mean, he's he was always pretty goofy, but the the seriousness of of his whole thing, I feel like, makes him seem less like less likely to be a cartoon character. Yeah. So, yeah, um this movie just very quickly. This is a, this is a fun one for me cuz so often in these episodes, you know, I I'm, I'm rolling in like, well, I first heard of this movie when I got this book and first watched it yesterday. Um <laughs> but this is a movie I have watched and seen many, many, many times over Basically, my entire life, um, just
3: like Greed will be going forward for the rest of your life.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's just that's just starting a new tradition in my household of watching Greed all the time. Oh, Greed! That already feels like it was so long ago. It oh. was. Was that our last episode? That can't be right. Was yeah, it? it was. Yeah,
3: I think it was. It's been a minute. Well, I've been out of town.
1: Uh, I know you ditched us for pretty much the entire month of august here well
3: we didn't even think we were going to be able to record today and then nelly and uh the kids ditched me so i was like oh i've got all evening to do nothing oh
2: nice (laughs) where'd they go
3: uh to her folks because i'm working the entire day and um her cousin just had a kid so they went to visit uh visit them so i'm all all on my own this weekend i need to figure out what i'm doing for dinner actually shit
1: it is... Uh, <laughs> anyway. It's, it's like, I was going to say, it's like five... It's, it's almost like dinner time. You're going to be starving. Oh, anyway. <laughs> That's fine. So it's, what about you guys, though? What is... Uh, Nick, when did you first see Hard Day's Night?
3: I'd seen it only once before, and it, it was semi-recently, like maybe three or four years ago, and and liked it. I liked it more on this watch, and I think just because I didn't really know what to expect the first time, I thought it was mm-hmm. going to be more just like a straight musical, and it's such a goofy, like meandering comedy. Um, really more, and this is not like a, a, a deep insight that I'm coming up with, but it, it's almost more like a Marx Brothers movie than uh Yep,
2: I was gonna call Duck Soup on this.
3: Yeah, than a musical. and I like this better than Duck Soup, and I, I think it's funnier than Duck Soup. Um, Agreed. So, so I, I um, liked it a lot more on this watch just because I was able to get into the, uh, the rhythm of the movie right away as opposed to having to go like a half hour in. And I'm like, wait, what... Are, they're just, they're just singing on the train.
2: Like <laughs> That's a great performance. It is. It's one of the best ones. Um, we're going to have to call best performance at some point. Yeah, I know.
3: I have, I have yeah. a, a, a strong and under. So. Um, but yeah, I, so I'd seen it once before. Obviously, um, I think we're all uh, big Beatles fans, as, as all uh, respectable humans are. So. I,
1: I do have to respond to you on John's behalf, um, who w- at one time said, "When people start comparing us to the Marx Brothers, that's a load of rubbish. The only similarity is that there were four of them and there are four of us." So, John. Uh, okay, I, mean, I don't know. I, I, I disagree. I, 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 cause I, got the same vibes. I just think it's funny that that comparison was being made from day one, uh, and uh, John that, was. That
3: sort of humorless going. retort is why John will never be an animaniac.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, it, pretty much. So that is uh, that is much more his vibe. So that was so funny because, yeah, obviously he was a little bit uh, reluctant to embrace that comparison. But I don't know why. Maybe he didn't like the Marx Brothers. It's, it's funny. comparison offensive.
2: It's funny that knowing in real life John was such an asshole and really grumpy all the time. And in the movie, he's like the silliest one of the four of them. It's always a little like weird to see. Like, the part where they're holding up that uh, tape measure, and John just cuts it and is like, welcome to the new refrigerator or something yeah. like
1: Yeah, and that's one of the more sort of feels like it's out of a Marx Brothers movie It really night. does. Yeah. It's like, I now christen this, and he, like, cuts it, and yeah. What about you, Dylan? When did, when did you first see Hard Day's Night?
2: Uh, in middle school, and then it was one of the films we watched in my high school film class, oh. which I, I'm realizing how many times I say that, and I think maybe my high school film teacher was... Uh, you know, pulling out of this book somewhat. Um, but quite possibly. so I, I remember the first time watching this, I knew the Beatles were Ringo, Paul, George, and John. Mm-hmm. I knew what each of them looked like when they were older. I didn't know what, which one was which at all when watching the movie.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I
2: could, but uh, Ebert makes a good point that, um, each one has like a different enough personality that you can mm-hmm. know you can distinctly tell which ones were which, and I think that's true. But the thing was, I just didn't know which one initially was John, right. Ringo, John, John, Ringo, uh, George, and Paul, mm-hmm. Paul. Um, so I was always like kind of I was I was just confused the first time I watched it, kind of like Nick. The second time I watched it, I was like, hey, this is fairly fun. Um, and the third time, I was like, this is great. And um, I still have not, I do not like it as much as you do, Jenna. <laughs> That's but. fair.
1: Um, yeah, the first time I watched it, I actually liked it just kind of fine. Um, I saw it very, I guess what people would consider backwards, because I saw Help, their second movie, first. Um, and that movie is has a very similar sense of humor, sensibility, but it is way more madcap. It's way like it has like set pieces and stunts and action scenes and globe trotting and like it's in color and all this stuff. So I watched that movie like hundreds of times um, when I was in like junior high and high school. So I saw Hard Days Night later on. So I still was in high school, um, but coming to it from the perspective of like this is the ser- like the the good one. This is like the respected one that people take seriously as opposed to Help, mm-hmm. um, and. So, I think the first time I watched it with that lens, and I'm like, well, yeah, it isn't in, in black and white, and there's not stumps and things exploding, so it's not as much fun as <laughs> watching Help. <laughs> um, but having watched it a bunch of times since then, yeah, it's so wacky. Like, it's not, you know, considering that it is sort of the serious one that's in Ebert's book and the Criterion collection and everything, it is still a very, very silly movie. I tried taking notes and like writing down all the stuff that I thought was funny. And it was just, I I gave up. That's too long. (laughs) I was like, I can't just keep writing down everything that I think is funny in this movie um, because there's just so many good little bits. um, And I just really connect with, I don't know, I genuinely don't know if I like these Beatles movies so much because I really connect with their style of humor because, like, their style of humor is the kind that I like, or if my sense of humor was formed by watching these <laughs> Beatles movies so much that that's why I think this kind of thing is funny. But, like, uh-huh. the repetitiveness, like, the, you know, he's very clean, and, like, all the just the stuff that they repeat over and over, I, just yeah. kills me. just kills me every time.
2: That's so why I like the Marx Brothers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I just, like, <laughs> I was trying to think of what, what's the one thing, that he's very clean, and then the, um, what is the Paul line. Oh, maybe I didn't write it down. That's I, a nice boring I, of me. But there's just so many things that really cracked uh, cracked me up this time around.
2: Nick, did you write down like a favorite line from this movie? I have a favorite line. I, I've
3: got them scattered throughout my uh my notes. Uh but I, okay. the first one that comes to mind is paul saying everyone's entitled to two aren't they when they said
1: it. <laughs> i have that one but that's not your grand yeah, yeah that's not your grandfather, grandfather. Not,
3: your grandfather. That's not your grandfather he's my grandfather as well how do you figure what do you mean how do you figure like
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is something like you, it, yeah that tracks i mean not everyone has two granddads but I, I think he's right i think everyone's entitled to two
2: hey john unreasonably fighting paul there was some realism There's that blended a lot over of that the there
1: I, I liked <laughs> the grandfather saying i fought the war for your sort which made me laugh every single mm-hmm. time like he's so adorably cranky well then
3: doesn't ringo say i, I bet you regret having won
2: it or something like that Yes, yeah, that's, yeah, i, <laughs> I love that it.
1: one. Oh, the paul refrain i was trying to remember was when he keeps repeating no actually we're just good friends about like, uh, every person mm-hmm. that he encounters or every sort yeah. chance no actually we're just good friends
2: um my favorite line in the movie, of course, came from George, because George is my favorite. Um, but there's one really good George scene where this, like, uh, production manager pulls him in and is like, <laughs> we want you to taste test, like, these things for teens and tell us what works. And he responds by saying, oh, by all means, I'd be quite prepared for that eventuality. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's such a good, like, understanding of, like, their success and, like, yeah. their trajectory in life. He's just like, well, this had to come eventually.
1: And then describing everything as grotty, which yeah. is like <laughs> a made-up word for grotesque. Um, I, like, I, like,
3: I like when the guy s- says to get him a drink, Kokorama. Kokorama.
1: Kokorama. <laughs> uh, and then he complains about the woman on the TV. She's a drag, yes. a well-known drag. Just mm-hmm. <laughs> like such. We like to mute it and make fun of her. Ugh. That's, that, that scene and then... We mentioned it, I think, before we started recording, but the Ringo scene later. Yeah, I think that's that's the, the best, MVP of the movie. Their little solo adventures are just so good. Yeah. So um.
3: who, like, not musically songwriting, but just Hard Day's Night only, rank the Beatles.
2: Ringo's one.
1: Yeah, it's, I agree. Paul is
2: two. George is three. And John is four.
3: Okay, I, I'm flipping the middle, too. Uh, I'm going Ringo... R- like, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk so much about Ringo today, which, oh my god, uh, yeah, I know. I'm I'm very surprised. I'm very surprised.
1: So, one thing that is mentioned in all of the books and quotes and everything that I, so I should say that quote I had from John Lennon earlier was from the Beatles anthology book, which is like the coffee table oral history book that went along with the anthology television miniseries and albums and everything. So. It's hard for me to pull quotes out of because it looks like this. Yeah, because it's (laughs) gigantic. It's gigantic. But both in there and in the Bob Spitz Beatles biography, there's a lot of talk about how Ringo was the one who really loved movies and who really loved being in a movie. Mm -hmm. Like, he was the one who, when he was a kid, all he wanted to do was be in a movie theater, and he just loved coming to set every day. And he said it was like magic. There were lights and cameras, and I think you can really tell. Like, I think you can oh, really tell Ringo. he loves being in a movie because it, it comes across in his performance.
3: And, and that's why I like him so much in this. He seems so, I, th- I think it was my Letterbox review, which is just Ringo seems so happy. Like, especially oh, when, when they play, he just always mm-hmm. has this smile on his face that I'm like, how do people not love Ringo? I mean, I know that he's not like as flashy a yeah. musician, and, and part mm-hmm. of that, part of that, I think, is because he's a drummer. Like drummers, right. just tend to
2: be less flashy. Well, I don't not, know. I can it's think it's of a lot a, of bands where the drummers are the a lot more. There's, like there's a, a lot drum of bands. Solo but
1: band. You, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not the kind of band that really leans on that.
2: Their, um, their drum is usually a dum 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 And he's
1: also like, he's the funniest looking, which like they mm-hmm. make fun of him for in this movie. Yeah, um, I mean the so, other three are
2: quite attractive, and Ringo's like this weirdo
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so i think he always was sort of working uphill with that in terms of why he's rarely anybody's favorite beetle but i i think i had your litterbox review in my head nick when i was watching it because there are some scenes when he starts playing the drums and his whole face just lights mm-hmm. up and you're just like <laughs> oh and that head thing he does that a lot in help also yeah. and it makes me laugh every time his little like head shake <laughs> we're all shaking our heads back and forth it's so cute
2: it really is um he he just seemed to be like the most naturally talented actor of the four. And, mm-hmm. um, that's nothing against the other three. I mean, none of them are like professional actors or anything, but no. it's, it, it, it's probably his biggest solo moment with the Beatles outside of the yellow submarine song.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Uh, where they just kind of let him shine and he just, he, he runs with it so well. My favorite part is when he puts that like rinky dink camera on a rock mm-hmm. uh, next to the pond and he does like the little, he presses it and then the camera <laughs> goes
1: flying off and so into nice. the water. So I, I, I have just so many, my head is filled with nothing, but, Beatles ephemera and trivia (laughs) and anecdotes, so apologies for every sidetrack that I go on. Um, But a few years ago, I was lucky to be able to go to a special exhibit they had at the Grammy Museum of Ringo Starr's photographs, because like he also was an avid photographer and spent a lot of his time on the road with the Beatles and on their holidays and everything. He documented everything with a camera, and so they did a big exhibition of it at the Grammy Museum down here in LA, and it was so cool. Um, and I always think I about... I did not know he did that. Yeah, so he was... What a, like a legend. He, he is. He's, he's such a cool guy. Um, and so, yeah, so whenever seeing him run around, like, with the the camera <laughs> in this, it's just, it's interesting how, like you said, they're not actors. And they're playing themselves, but they're also not being themselves, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's this projection of their personas. Like, they're inhabiting a persona, and they're not really playing a... They're sort of playing a character, but not... It's just such an interesting line to walk
2: None of them have like arcs or anything in the movie. No,
1: no, they're just just hijinks. They're just
2: being themselves.
1: Um, to your... it's a
2: real day in the life of the Beatles.
1: It is. Ringo um,
2: and... has like a mini arc though, where he has yeah, like, he this, has a he big... has this
3: like little existential crisis that the the grandfather sends him on that I, which is part of why I love his his storyline so much.
1: And the the funny story he tells about that in the anthology book is that um. It's not, he says it's not that he was doing such a great job of acting out that existential crisis. It's that he had gone partying at nightclubs all night long and came straight to set from the nightclub. And so that's why he looked so despondent um, was because he truly could barely function and realized he'd <laughs> made a huge mistake. Totally. And so he's like, that despair you see on my face is real. We could. The reason why they filmed the scene just silently me walking around was I couldn't even form any words or get any lines up, So they just filmed oh, him walking around looking sad because nope. he was too hungover. Yeah,
3: is but that, is part- that being a
2: degenerate Or is that using the acting method <laughs> Yeah,
3: <laughs> I
1: that. There you go that's the question
2: I love the part though Where um, he's like taking a picture Of like a building or something and these two girls are like Oh my god it's Ringo and they chase him down Into this store and he walks in And immediately walks back out with a completely new Set of clothes and a hat on and he starts walking down the street, and no one recognizes him now, even mm-hmm. though he's still obviously Ringo Bingo. Starr. And, like, he walks past this girl, and, he, he, like, she says nothing to him, and he kind of, like, follows her back, and he's like, Oh, what's up, miss? She's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and then he just, like, smiles, and he's like, oh my god, no one knows me.
1: <laughs> my, yeah, my disguise is working.
2: It's so funny. That's the best part of the movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think... I think I agree. Ringo's like clearly the best. John just has the least to do. Um, Hmm. He has a couple of those good lines. He he,
2: he has a couple of really good jokes, but he has like the least interesting anything. No
1: real like story points that belong to him particularly. Um, Paul has
2: his grandfather. George has him being like the person that needs to figure out the direction of the Beatles. Yeah, or what the direction of teen culture? Teen culture is gonna be
1: (laughs) so So funny. funny. So yeah, I think yeah, basically the, the Paul and George are about equally as good for me in the middle there. But yeah. none of them are bad. Um, no, they're very funny. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. And like John I has think... the
2: great bathtub bit. Oh, that, the, the, that bath.
1: is, the bathtub bit is so good. <laughs>
2: Where basically, like, I mean, it's George Martin, right?
1: Who's George? What is George Martin? The producer?
2: The produce the producer guy? Oh, I don't like don't the fake guy?
1: Oh, the manager guy? But he like Norman he Jake.
2: thinks. He thinks that John went down the tub. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) He's like, what are you you doing? There's a car waiting. Oh, my God. Just him. Yeah, so they drain. They think he he goes into the water in the tub, and then they drain the tub, and he's gone, and then he just shows up behind them, and it's (laughs) it's really good.
3: So I I, I wanted to look up George because I was surprised to hear that Ringo is the most uh, uh, Mm filmic-interested person because I know that George was supposed to be in... um, Holy Mountain, the Jodorowsky movie, and then oh, yeah. ended-
1: George got very into like this stuff. Definitely. Yeah,
3: so he produced a ton of movies. He produced uh-huh. yeah twenty eight movies, including um, with nail and I, Mona Lisa, which is getting a Criterion release like next month. Yeah, really excited yeah, for that yeah. one. Um, Long Good Friday, a couple Monty Python movies, Time Bandits.
1: So. The story I think is that he fina- like financially saved the Mon- saved Monty Python at one oh, point. Really? Like came yeah, in and rescued. Know, yeah. yeah, like came- him and Eric Idle were close friends, um, and he came in and like rescued them when they were like weren't able to get any funding for their projects. I think. Maybe Life of Brian, one of their projects they could not get funding and George was like I No, it fine. was Life of Brian. Okay, I'm that's fairly fine. certain. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah he he was... has a
2: really good track record of produ- producing movies. Yeah.
1: I think with George it was just when they were making this movie, he was just turning 21 like at the time. So it was like in his post Beatles <laughs> life, he got super into yes. film and and film production and stuff. He was just so young when he joined the Beatles. <laughs> you know, he was he was the youngest and and Ringo was the oldest and so sort of the Slight difference generationally of life experience. Um, Which is so weird tell. because
2: they're, they kind of seem like, it seems like it's like John and Paul are the pair are like, that were mm-hmm. like always budding heads in the creative front center. And then George and Ringo were always kind of like the background members. Yeah. Um, to yeah. think that they're the most separated age wise is interesting mm-hmm. to me.
1: Yeah. Well, he just came in and George is the youngest, but he's only like, he's like a year or two younger than Paul, I think, but yeah, like, not sure. super younger. And then, so I mean, even the, the range of ages is like, six years or something you know what i mean like it's not sure. super big but but that difference between being like 18 versus 24 when you join a band is uh yeah, it's <laughs> a pretty yeah. big that age is a pretty big difference
2: have any of you guys seen the george harrison living in the material world documentary by martin scorsese no mm-hmm. i haven't seen it either i really want to though i
1: saw it i haven't seen it in a couple of years i saw it when it came out um i feel like yeah. that's got a rock it's good
3: yeah, I've seen all of his recommend? features, and I think the only music doc of his I've seen is The Last Waltz. It's like a huge blind spot for me. Scorsese's so yeah. music
0: docs.
1: Oh, yeah. I haven't seen The Last Waltz either. I need to do that.
3: It's great. Yeah. It's all right. It's it's better than Dylan it's thinks it okay. is. <laughs> it's be- I think it's good. It's better than Dylan a- thinks it is. It's probably not as good as a uh, friend of the show Mitch thinks it is. <laughs> <laughs> ah.
2: Well, anything to do with The Beatles, I think Mitch is always the number one.
1: Well, and The Last Waltz is Dylan? the band the band and
2: it's, dylan?
3: it's the band and then they have a it, lot it's, of it's the uh,
2: band but then i mean my my favorite song. part is obviously the staple sisters are in it which yeah. more of my music
3: yeah they have a ton of guest stars it's it's great i think it's probably the second best music talk behind uh stop making sense mitch is closer to being right Check than out. dylan is i would say
2: <laughs> i have it at a four out of five on letterboxd i really like it it's just oh
3: do you have it that high Yes. Okay. I've the way great, the great. way the way I've heard you talk about it before, it, it felt like you would have had it at like a three or a three and a half at best.
2: I had it at a three, a very high three and a half. Oh, and when I went you, to the, when I went cut the half stars out, I went it went up to four. Definitely you, not a three. When you cut
3: the half stars out. What, <sighs> if you think that using a four star rating system is is bananas, a
2: yeah. five star oh. a five star but no
3: half stars,
1: But no halvesies.
2: It's so much better. It's wild. I cannot, I cannot recommend it enough.
3: What about in school would you be in favor of like a removing pluses and minuses and just a b c d f?
1: Yeah. That is I I can I can not truck with that at all. No, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like it either. Um Maybe It's cuz
2: I always got minuses.
1: Uh, well, let's say I, I was a real a real b plus type. So uh <laughs> love those pluses. B plus feels good in a way that a b does not.
2: That's fair. What mind. if we just did b and b plus? Okay. A and A plus.
1: There th- you go. No, just no minuses.
3: I don't think my skull did plus like A plus. I think it was A A minus.
2: Yeah. On down. Yeah. I think
1: that's right. Yeah.
2: Bullshit. Screw up the minus part. Who needs the negativity?
1: <laughs> exactly. Just just tell me if I'm on the top end of something, not the low end. Yeah. That is fair. Um, anyway, we sorry. have about
2: as on track as this movie is. That this
1: movie really does inspire just sort of scattered. Yeah scattered chatter that's basically what the whole movie is
2: the music also
3: or the movie also has like no plot the plot is that they uh you yes. are you already said the entire plot in your intro <laughs> yeah. which is
2: they need to perform they <laughs> practice I know they, do. they go on the run they practice yeah, they they, ha- they go they, on the run yeah they, they gotta get they away from
1: fans they rehearse some music they um in one of my truly favorite uh running bits they butt heads with the director of the television program who is uh, <laughs> in his phenomenal sweater that uh yes so that, that actor's name is victor spinetti um and he um is also one of the main characters in help which is like what i know him from first oh. um he's like the one of the bad guy he's like the bad guy in that movie basically Who's like a scientist who's chasing them down because they have a ring with magical properties it's a very different movie than Hard like a Knight.
2: James Bond movie. It is.
1: It's it's like a James Bond spoof. Um, gotcha. And so, um, but I love him in this. I love his sweater that they then make fun of him for, um, which cracked me up. Um, just everything. I love him the at the TV at production. the very
2: end of the performance where he's just like he's like almost dead over his controls. Like, <laughs>
1: yes.
2: My God, I cannot believe I made it through this. <laughs> like they
1: actually made it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I love that the performance like. It just goes fine. Like, it goes great, you know? There's not, after all that, it's not, like, anything bad happened to the performance. They just perform.
2: I will say, one of my small faults of the movie, and it's fine, uh, is my annoyance that it's just the studio tracks that they just play over all the performances, even just, like, the practice performances or this, like, when they're playing in the train. It sounds so off, and I would rather just have live versions yeah, yeah. It, it always throws me off, but I think it helps the fact that it just sounds so studioized in that end scene where she's like, "Oh, it's just fine." Yeah, it, it works. It works there. The rest of the movie, I'm always yeah. just kind of like. I just want to hear what they're actually singing.
1: Yeah. Help, help is a little better in that way. I don't know if it's truly that they're playing live. I, I doubt that they are, but it's also not just the canned studio version. Yeah, because, it, like, it, there'll be hijinks happening, and you can actually hear it bleeding into the music, and, like, are they're playing outside in a field, and you can hear the, like, noise. It doesn't just sound yes, like Yes. They silence. literally yeah. cut
2: the audio. They copy and... Well, they didn't have copy. They copy and pasted the audio out of the vinyl, yeah. basically, and put it in the movie.
1: Yeah. And that's... Yeah, I, I it's not my favorite part of it either, but the music's so good that
2: it really is. It's it's a very good play album of theirs.
1: It is, and oh, the the title song "A Hard Day's Night." Did you guys read about how and why it came to be the movie? Way came to be go, fucking that? Ringo! Uh, right? Yeah. So um, this came up in everything I read about the movie, and also last night I finished watching the McCartney Three Two One documentary on Hulu, and oh. he tells the story in that documentary as well about the ringoisms <laughs> and the two best known ringoisms of you know phrases he made up were it was a hard days night um and tomorrow never knows are things that ringo oh. just said off the cuff that they then ended up like great john, song and john lennon who was like more of a like a writer like wrote you know books and poems and things like immediately heard those and was like we have to we have to use yeah. that like write it down um
2: i'd assume the other one would have been eight days a week
1: Yeah, that's like, yeah, Yeah. that one never came up, but I'd believe it too. That's Um, some
2: stupid, silly stuff that Ringo would have said.
1: Yeah. And so, yeah, Ringo just described something as being a hard day's night. Um, And so they they gave that the title of the movie before they had the song. So they had to reverse engineer write the song when they were like, uh, we need a title track. And apparently wrote it in, like, 10 hours. Like, just yeah, on command. In, Went in into one a of the, room. In one <laughs> of
3: the interviews, I, I think it was the producer, was like, hey, we should call it this. And they're like, oh, yeah, like, we'll call it that. And he's like, we need to write a song, make it a little fast. <sighs> and then they just came in the next morning. And he's like, oh, you just spent a day and wrote, like, this banger song.
2: Yeah. And to be fair, it's not, like, a complicated song. But no, it's nice. one that it's just so simply, like, it's so, catchy. it's so catchy, though. It really is. And
1: I just, da, 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 as da. someone who has no, like, ingrained musical talent or ability whatsoever, um, I just don't know how someone does that. How they just <laughs> sit down and just, like, just write a song, like, mm-hmm. on command. Because um, that was another thing that was in the McCartney 321 documentary, the famous story about how yesterday came to him in a dream and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And he always says, like, that's the only song that he... That that ever happened, where it just popped into his head. He said, "Otherwise, like him and John would sit down and be like, okay, 'Okay, let's bang this out.' Like, what ideas do you have?" It was like very sort of workmanlike their songwriting process, which mm-hmm. uh, works out pretty well when you're told you got to write a song I... with this title. Figure it out.
2: <laughs> I mean, yesterday doesn't really even sound like a song made the... on the planet Earth. That's what's so kind that of makes sense.
1: It does. It, yeah, it's it's pretty distinct from everything else.
2: Um, the. I mean, Hard Day's Night is so catchy that you could hear that opening chord Mm -hmm. that just plays by itself and you automatically know what song it is. Yep. That's what's so amazing about it.
1: Yep. That George Harrison chord. So good. um, That in one of the things I was reading is described as being such a unique, complex chord that it's like not even major nor minor. It's just like its own strange, Mm -hmm. like combined chord, which is really cool.
2: Go on, George.
1: Yeah. Dude knew what he was doing. Pretty good guitar th- player.
2: Th- would you say... I think George probably had the best solo run post the Beatles.
3: I, that's, that's what I was telling Nelly the other day when we watched this, is that he's my favorite of the, yeah. like, their ma- solo uh,
2: careers. Yeah, yeah. so. Yeah. I mean, I mean Paul I like probably Paul had the most that. successful, but I was never a big Wings person. Yeah. I don't like a lot of their stuff.
1: Yeah, <laughs> what I, I what do, because <laughs> I like that kind of fun, cheesy 80s pop vibe, so... You know, I don't. I wouldn't say it's like better than George's music, but I don't have a problem with it.
3: There's a great Simpsons joke where uh, Homer's talking to somebody. I forget. He's like a producer or something like that, and he's like, "I was the one who got Paul McCartney out of Wings." And Homer goes, "You idiot! He was the best one."
1: <laughs> That's very funny.
2: Amazing. Um, I was listening to. Was, I'm going to shout out this podcast. It's called Discord and Rhyme. Have either of you guys ever heard of it? I don't think so. It's a song. It's a podcast where they sort of take a famous album and they break it down um, track by track, and I can't remember. I think it was here, there, and everywhere from the Revolver, Good song. which amazing song. And they were just talking about like if Paul wrote that when he was on the, uh, uh if when he was on Wings, it would have been like the worst song ever. <laughs>
1: but because of the context of where it comes in, and... yeah. Well, that's what's so yeah funny. It's I don't think his sensibility really changed that much it's just that he was obviously surrounded by different collaborators and the times yeah, changed yeah, yeah. and so um yeah that tracks yeah did you want to talk beatles discography
2: yes i i because i am i really like the beatles but i know you two are like fans
1: yeah i'm like surrounded i have my I have
3: yeah my no one beatles no one no, like.
1: <laughs> like, I, I, I've got Beatles paraphernalia everywhere I can touch with my hands right
3: now. Yeah, I, I like the Beatles a lot, but I would say that my Phantom pales in comparisons to in, in comparison to Jana's obsession. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's,
1: yeah, it's 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 a lifelong uh, I situation. Did, over I did here.
3: dance uh, at, at my wedding. My dance with my Jesus Christ, my fucking dog. Uh, my
2: dance. Sneaky's like I need to get my word in on <laughs> the Sneaky. <Beatles."
3: I> <laughs> Sneaky's like it's Sergeant Peppers. Um, <laughs>
1: Sneaky knows what's up?
3: Uh, no, the the <laughs> dance that I did with my mom was I Will.
1: Oh, yeah. that's <laughs> nice.
3: In part because it's a very short song and I do not like dancing.
1: That's, that's fair. fair. Yeah. That's good, but, uh, good thinking.
3: I'm going to close the yeah. door. He's going to bark
2: no matter what.
1: Aw, poor Betty.
2: He's really acting like the fourth Beatles of this podcast <laughs> right now. <laughs> All right. Th- um, that
3: will help very little, but
2: it will help at least a little. So <laughs> uh, sort of
1: muffle it a little bit? Yeah.
3: So discography.
2: Yeah. I have my uh, full list of Beatles albums.
1: So there's 13 studio albums. There's 13 albums.
2: studio albums, yes. Yeah. Nick, so, did you do a quick ranking? I
1: didn't rank any compilations or best ofs or God, remixes no. or any of that. Because there's obviously like a dozen more of those. I have yeah. fourteen
3: on my list, so I must have something counted twice. Uh, I did this like half-assedly while uh, eating lunch at work. Or today. Did,
1: did past masters sneak in there? Because the Wikipedia no, it did page not. tries to put in past masters. Yeah, the Wikipedia
3: yeah. page was all like. Uh, it was all over the place. Yeah, it, it was a mess. Um, when, do, when do you guys go
2: first, and I'll, I'll clean this up.
1: Thirteen is like a lot to try to rank, by the way. But yeah,
2: it really is. It's a it's a challenge. Yeah, I actually had a pretty smooth time with it. I kind of knew where I was going with it. Um, I'll, I'll go first. I think we should try to save Janet to last. Cause she'll have the, I have ranking.
1: the, uh, the authority, the, defi- the
3: definitive. You can tell yeah, us that seriously. we're wrong.
2: I'll, I'll have like, we go in like the ranking of Beatles fandom here. I'm probably the least of a Beatles fan quote unquote, even though I do like a lot of their albums. Um, the worst is easily yellow submarine. That's like just obvious. Yeah. Um, Then it's kind of like a tie with With the Beatles and Beatles for Sale for Me. I never really liked their covers of a lot of the songs and With the Beatles and Beatles for Sale is like probably their weakest of their early period uh, as far as like completely wholly original music. Um, Then Hard Day's Night, Help, Magical Mystery Tour, Let It Be, Please Please Me. And then we get to the main five, which I think are like the five most people put all in their top five. Um, Sergeant Pepper is definitely five for me. And then four is very close between Abbey Road and the White Album, but I'll probably go Abbey Road, then White Album three. And then I never know for Re- Revolver or Rubber Soul. Um, that always goes back and forth. But right now I'll say Revolver and then Rubber Soul. Re- Rubber Soul was my first ever Beatles album, so I have a very close connection to that
1: one. That's a good one. Yeah.
2: All right. Nick?
3: Okay. Um, so I have uh, at the bottom Yellow Submarine, Magical Mystery Tour, Beatles for Sale, um with the Beatles, help um oh i have rubber soul twice that's what it is okay i was like i I was like it's worth putting it twice no i was like why is it this low that can't be right um so i don't have uh so i i have help then let it be then a hard day's night and then my top five are the same top five as yours only in a different order i actually have rubber salt number five revolver at number four sergeant pepper at number three i used to be a white album number one guy but uh i've flipped it over the last just couple of years to white album number two and abbey road number one
2: abbey road's a tighter album but i don't know if there's a least tight album as the white album yeah i think part of it and that's not a that's not a bad thing but like that album goes on
3: part of it might also be i don't have like a very big uh record collection like only a few dozen albums and abbey road is the only one i have on vinyl so maybe it's because i've listened to it more uh that's over the fair. last couple of years. But Jana, what about you?
1: Okay, so I kind of divided mine into like three categories essentially because I basically think one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight that they have like eight like great, perfect albums. Like I, there's eight of their albums, all good. Interesting. I could rank them in almost any order depending. Okay. Uh, and then below that, there's two separate categories. There's the bottom two, which are, Yellow Submarine and Magical Mystery Tour. Mm. Um, yeah, Yellow Submarine, <laughs> real bad. And, it's real and bad. Magical Mystery Tour has one good song, two good songs, maybe. I like think it. Ha- I think it
2: hard. has a one really good side where it has a lot of bangers, and then a really terrible side where it has a lot of nothing.
1: Yeah, I think that's So it depends. It, depe- it just
2: yeah. depends on like how I'm feeling with like, do I take that shitty side like to heart, or do I take that I really like a lot of the songs on site too.
1: Yeah, I can't like some of the songs on Magical Mystery Tour like were some of my favorite songs as a kid. Too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a lot of them are. They're they're kind yeah, of like they're songs, they're like, like the the personal favorites yeah. for me. But um, um, but then you're it. Yeah, there's some some weaknesses there.
2: It it really is. That's why I kind of put it in the middle of the pack of that mm-hmm. mid tier Beatles for me. It's just like well. Yeah.
1: And, and then I have sort of on their own little ranking on the side, Please Please Me with the Beatles and Beatles for Sale, like those just sort of early albums. Um, yeah. I, I, I think I think Beatles for Sale being my least favorite of those, then with the Beatles, then Please Please Me. And like Please Please Me is good. It's just... it's I love Please Please Me. Yeah. Please Please I, guess I'm not like, I can't really complain about it. Um, it's just for me, those all sort of group together in those early year albums. And then my sort of hot take is of the sort of what I think of as their eight great albums. The White Album is number eight for me. It's, wow! Then it's really, that's a more recent development. Like I also was like number one White Album for a long time. Um, it's and long. Just, it is long. Um, and I not think a not a, a Rocky lot of, Raccoon person. There's a lot of noodling around nonsense on the album. No, that yeah. Is tough. For such
2: a plain cover, it's maybe their it dumbest. Is, <laughs> it
1: is a goofy, goofy album. Like I'm saying, it. it's. It is great. Um, it is it, great. it at, at previous times in my life, it's been my favorite. But like sitting down this morning, I was like, "Ugh!" Rolling my eyes at the white album. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it
2: has by far, well, my by far my favorite George song, and George being my favorite member, which is while well, my guitar gently weeps. I mean, yeah, I agree.
3: That's a, that's yeah, a perfect I agree. Song, I, I think so. it's my favorite Beatles song.
2: It's w- it's one of my top three for sure. What what that's what, what would, would
3: those top three be?
2: Uh, I'm trying to.
3: Because I think my top three would be two George songs: that "While My Guitar Gently Weeps" and uh, "Here Comes the Sun." Um, Here but, comes the sun's real good, but I think "Blackbird" has uh, got to be up there for me. I love that song.
2: Oh, "Blackbird" too. Um, I I would say I really love. Well, again, this isn't a George song, but I love George's guitar in it, which is something.
3: Oh yeah, that's a good one. I mean, I mean, they're all the greatest... They're not all good songs, but they're almost all good songs. Everything we name yeah. is going to be like,
2: oh, yeah, well, that's a great
1: one. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly.
2: And, and the other one being probably Tomorrow Never Knows. I think those would be exactly. my three if it came down to me.
1: Yeah, I can't even pick three. Um, <laughs> <the> <laughs> yeah, really I, mean, I mean,
2: I, I separated as like they have five great albums and Nick had the five great albums. Yeah, and, and I was like, eight oh, we have eight. Albums. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So and what is so, your seven?
1: So my seven is Hard Day's Night. Um, mm-hmm. Then let it be.
2: Help is high.
1: I love help. I I I, I nice. love help. Um, that album is is probably my most listened to. I had a help poster like in my room, um, growing up. I'm a big fan. Um, let it be. Then revolver. Then rubber soul. Then help. Then Abbey Road. <sighs> then Sergeant Pepper's. Is my right. ranking. Yeah. Sergeant Pepper's both. was like my first favorite out like I just that's fair became obsessed with that album when I was was like like basically when the Beatles anthology like that's when I got into the Beatles was when the anthology miniseries came out when I was like 10 Mm -hmm. Um, and that's when I started buying all of their you know cassettes and CDs and everything Um, yeah and I haven't really Changed my opinion about it that much. Although Abbey Road is another one that, like, depending on the day, is a a very frequent number one for me. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah,
2: I think it's that's the consensus number one. It's so good. Um, that revolver is it? I was gonna say, I
3: feel like it's revolver, but
1: yeah, revolver is great. I mean, I like I said, I have revolver at what five revolvers a little weird though. It is, it's pretty weird. Um, what was it? Something about Revolver. I had Revolver at my number one, and then when I was looking at it this morning, something made me bring it down, and I can't remember. Hmm. Oh, I think it just has a couple of... It has, like, Dr. Robert on it, and I'm like, come on, guys. I like
2: Dr. Robert. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. Although it has what actually might be my favorite Beatles song, which has got to get you into my life. Um, that is one. frequently... What are, what are
3: the other two? We, we both had it. You gotta do it.
1: Okay. Yeah, you gotta go. So... Got to, get, got to get you into my life um, I've just seen a face um, oh, yeah. which is one of my just all time top and then probably I have to pick a third one <laughs> uh, yeah it just really depends on the particular day um, but maybe she's leaving home um, would be my other so yeah a lot of good ones
3: it's a good band. It's just,
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: I feel like you had like the most uh under the ground calls of the th- of, I, three of I the three Oh, us. yeah. It's probably
1: yeah. just because I have sat and listened to these albums yeah. backwards and forwards start to finish and had years to decide you know, it's like I I'm not genuine like generally super into music. Like as I'm just one of those like Okay. The worst kind of music fan. I love the Beatles. Like, that's who I love. And that's who I've listened to the most music from. Um, and so Fair. What,
2: what's what's the movie fan version of that?
1: I don't know. Something terrible, like only liking Marvel movies or something.
2: <laughs> oh, well, Marvel's not, like, the classic music, though. Okay. No,
1: what be, would it be? Spiel,
2: Spielberg? Would it just be like, I have a if big Spielberg just head? Like, I, yeah. I, I, I was going to
3: every... say Spielberg's a great comp because it's sort of a yeah. cross between, like, uh popular um, popular acclaim su- popular success, success you know. but also like critical acclaim and there's a little bit of something for everybody like the Beatles have their weird like drug experimental stuff and then they've mm-hmm. got their more pop like uh, you know uh, th- they're very early stuff like please please me whereas whereas like uh, you know Spielberg you if you don't like E.T. You'll, you might like Jaws and if you don't like that you'll probably at least like Indiana Jones so yeah both or the heavy. color
1: purple or so the color purple or you're really into like you know Schindler's List or something (laughs) like you know there's there yeah there's a whole whole spectrum there
2: okay I I, because no one picked a song off of rubber soul which is still my favorite Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say either think for yourself or in my life all
1: yeah no in my life is just a is a perfect little song like I yeah I yeah I've listened to that album a million times I I think Norwegian Wood is is super good yeah that's Um, true
2: The two the two Harrison songs on that uh, album, "If I Needed Someone" and "Think for Yourself," are both those are solid. The word
3: "Norwegian Wood" uh, good enough to have uh, a book.
2: Hakuri Murakami, yeah, yeah, Murakami, one yeah. of my favorite authors, written,
3: written after uh, naming naming uh, a book after that song. Can I read? Can I read something from uh, a Wikipedia? It's one paragraph. Always. Yeah. This is what do we do here from the Wikipedia page to uh, <laughs> uh, Pother pa- Panchali. The soundtrack of the film was composed by sitar player Ravi Shankar, who who's at an early age stage of his career, having debuted in 1939. The background score featured uh, pieces based on several ragas of Indian classical music, mostly uh, played mostly on the sitar the soundtrack described in 1995 blah 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 uh it has also been cited as an influence on the Beatles specifically George Harrison and of Mm -hmm. course they uh would later go on and like become dudes
1: yeah incredibly close um do you guys think that their families are real close
3: yeah like obviously he he listened to he must have listened to the uh soundtrack having Mm -hmm. cited it as an influence do you think uh he saw the movie too
1: oh absolutely yeah I'm sure I think absolutely you think it, no. do, you
3: th- do you think George is a uh, a Pather Panchali guy or an a Parajito guy or is he perhaps a World of Apu guy
1: I think we'd name. all like to imagine that the, he's, he's their particular... Own yeah, 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 I, so, I, know, I was going to say... The I, guy, I, I'm
3: going to say he's a Pater Panchali guy. I'd
2: actually, I'd actually break the tie and say he's probably a Pater Panchali yeah, now guy. Yeah. That I, I actually, actually no, 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 no. No, no. I'll call he's a person. Sorry. He's the most spiritual of the of the Beatles. Okay. And, <laughs> so you are just saying... And, and we are all just saying our own. No, but I, I got a point. It, George would have been so into the transformation at the end of a person. Sorry, of like going into the woods and like seeing inside the soul and, you know, Re- the isolation.
3: Let, let me look at the Wikipedia page for Apu Sansar and see if uh, George's name comes up on there, like it I, did I, on public. I,
1: I think if someone asked me to try to explain what our podcast is like, I would say it's where we debate which of the Apu trilogy would have been George Harrison's favorite.
2: That really should be our yes. like You know what? I can change our Twitter, our, our Twitter, Twitter description bio. from, like, uh, whatever, some... Penis uh, joke about? Uh, oh, I forgot about it. Dr. Sterling That's hated Starling and Doctor Strangelove. Pe-
3: not not no. seeing George Harrison on the on Star Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, no it's because
2: say. no, but it's it's because Petar Panchali <laughs> is the first one in the series. That's all.
1: Uh, <sighs> maybe Rubber. Soul Whatever it is, is it's not nice a
2: Paragito point. Yes. Sorry, I'm
1: just <laughs> sitting here staring at the Rubber Soul tracklist, being like, maybe I did underrate Rubber Soul this morning, even though I have it at number four.
2: If if you want to look into like. Uh, you know, like what what is it called? Like the song ordering uh, skill of an album. Is reversal. reversal.
1: I yeah. almost was gonna do a thing where I picked "Let It Be," but specifically "Let It Be Naked,", naked. the version with mm-hmm. uh, where they rip out Phil Spector's Wall of Sound. Um,
0: <laughs> I, I
3: like that version better. Too. It is
1: it is actually better. Like I, yeah. I do kind of want to asterisk my ranking of "Let It Be" and be like, but the naked version.
3: Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I had that just out of that top five. Oh no, I had a hard day's yeah.
2: night above it. And I had just Please Please Me above it. Yeah. I really like Please Please, please Me. Please Please
1: Me is great. Yeah. Yeah. And frankly the Hard Days Night album was better than I had remembered until like sitting it's down to the movie. And I'm like these are these are all bangers.
3: I've listened to it a few times this week, just having like having those songs yeah. in my head from the movie. Um,
1: yeah.
2: Ironically I've just listened to Revolver and Rubber Soul a couple of times and that's basically it. Because those uh, are definitely my favorites. I love
1: I do love the album cover for Hard Days Night, which is the the like series of photos of each of them, you know, the mm-hmm. little black and white ones, and I really yeah. like um, circling back to the the actual movie for a second. Um, I really like that sequence with George when he, he's like posing for the photographs and it's just him like making all the faces, and it's like the God, I loved it. It's really good. Um,
2: and um, talking about the the pictures, um, possibly I can't think of anything right now off the top of my head except maybe Om Shanti Om, but best closing credits of a movie.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Excellent. Like
2: just them playing playing the title track and just all the different all the Beatles things. I
1: love yeah. Uh, and with all the different and it like ends with like the back of the head and the yeah.
2: It's great. Truly it's a great gr- closing credits. One of those where if you turn off the closing credits while they're playing or walk out of the theater while they're going like rude. Lose respect. Yeah. Yeah. It's as bad as skipping the Twin Peaks opening. Oh, who would skip who intro? Would do that? Nobody. Would. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I started that show. Nick was like, "If you, if you skip if the you opening if credits, if our podcast is over. It'd be like, the, the it'd, be like it'd be like skipping the,
3: the the Muppet Show theme. Like, you only uh, do yeah. it if you're a monster. Couldn't, couldn't do it. Or the
1: Wire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we haven't. It's
2: those three and no, nothing else.
1: We, we haven't talked about um or haven't shouted out what do you call that haircut, Arthur? Um, <laughs> just a classic one liner.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: how do you find America from left at Greenland? Just all the, just yeah. all the everything that they say in the press conference and their conversations with the press. Is just Yes, the press conference. Is really I, I, I was trying to like write down every joke in that scene. And that's when I, <laughs> that's pretty much when I gave up taking notes on the movie. It's like, this is unsustainable. Yeah, there's no, too yeah. much. Just
3: like, you get a copy of the channel. script.
1: Yeah. Um, did, oh, so also on our to-do list was what's your favorite musical performance in the film?
2: I think there's two for me. Go for it. Go for it. Okay, um, I think I should have known better in the train, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, I mean it's also because it's possibly my favorite song on the album because again it's more uh, my style, but also the way they filmed the the performance was and I love her,
1: mm-hmm.
2: just it's so gorgeous. Paul's voice is heavenly, and uh, That's... the camera's so soft with them. Is
3: that the one where it like pans around Paul and then it just kind of like. Goes off of his head into the light behind him, and it just kind of like burns mm-hmm. the screen. Out. Yeah, that's a great shot. Yeah.
2: This, yeah, it really is.
3: This movie is like so well shot and ed- like and beautiful. especially and especially like, so edited. Yeah. yeah, this is this is the kind of movie that's like absolutely made in the editing room. Mm-hmm. Um, it really like and it, I'm it sure that so you could
2: well. edit this movie backwards and just be like make an unbearably unwatchable movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean
1: there's there's all kinds of. In the write-ups of this movie, there's all kinds of sort of uh, references that this is what created the music video aesthetic, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that we would see for decades and generations to come. Um, with the, yeah, because the...
2: music videos before this was just like them standing on a stage. It's, and...
1: it's just like yeah, yeah if, it, if either...
3: it, it's the the Spinal Tap bit, like when they're in their hippie <laughs> phase. It's just like them on a stage with uh, like. Tie dye
2: background around
1: Exactly. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I actually have the editing and the interesting ways of filming the songs and everything. Yeah.
2: The hard, the, um, no, no, the can't buy me love section, especially, is that's, like, that's my literally, favorite. literally that's the my modern favorite. music video. like yeah, that yeah.
1: is that. I, I just, my, there's a big section of my notes where I just wrote can't buy me love with like a gigantic circle around <laughs> it because that's me.
3: And that guy's stealing the car and <laughs> just like oh jumps on the ground.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> it's so, so funny. good it's yeah. so
0: good
3: um in in one of the uh, the bonus things to the criterion oh we, we haven't mentioned that uh criterion is finally um getting 4k uhd releases I coming know. up soon and yeah. they announced six titles and this is one of them
0: yeah
3: yeah which is I,
1: I don't cool. think i've ever been it's gonna look at the so same good. time it already looks so good on blu-ray
2: yeah i don't think it if I, i've ever been so simultaneously like pure rage and pure joy at the same time because mm-hmm, you're like no oh, i have fuck to
3: like because you like, you just they're... bought red shoes like semi recently, right?
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, no, not semi recently, but like, like I I it's like I don't want to have to rebuy red shoes. I already yeah, have the but... red shoes. But it's like but I can't not buy yeah. the UHD 4K version of the Red Shoes. I at least. And then is, is the is the disc going to be a different size? Because then it's like going to be frustrating for me if like.
3: Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Didn't this even occur size.
1: to me. What an upset! Oh, that was my
3: first thing. Thought. I, I think I think the regular 4K, um, not, like not Criterion, but other other um, releases are the same size as blu rays yeah,
2: if it's not the same size. That especially is going to piss. It's me not. At least up. they
1: didn't start doing Steelbooks or something. Yeah. <laughs> would really throw off the uh aesthetic yeah at, le- at least i only i'm gonna have to rebuy two. um because I'm definitely going to upgrade this and Mulholland Drive. Um, mm-hmm. And those are the only two. I'm going to
2: try to be I, pretty picky with it. And out of the original run, the only one I'm rebuying is the Red Shoes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, those are the um, only two I... Oh, it's like a great opportunity to get Red Shoes and Citizen Kane, which I don't yeah. already own physical copies of. So.
3: Yeah, I don't... I have Citizen Kane on DVD,
2: so that'll be a pretty... like
1: because well, out-of-print on Blue, right? The yeah. They yeah. pulled it... Yeah.
2: Um. And you still haven't seen The Red Shoes, though, January. right? I have right?
1: not. Although, can I tell you, so I've been... That movie's um, going to look so good. As Oh, my God. As you guys and everyone who gets within shouting distance on the internet from me knows, I've been getting back into horror movies, watching a ton oh, of... Oh, really? Yeah. I've been watching a lot of... Uh, <laughs> uh, I've, God, we'll talk about it. I watched Halloween 5 on Friday. The movie is so bad. Um, <laughs> it's like, wow, bad. Um, but I've been listening to a lot of podcasts to catch up on sort of like what should I be uh, watching and getting into. And I will say, I only this morning on the blank check episode for Halloween learned what the movie Peeping Tom is about.
2: Oh, um, it's a fucked up movie because
1: I did not know. Um, I did not know. I mean, that's the, that's Powell and Pressburger, right? Like that's the it's, just, it's, it's, it's,
2: it's just it's just Powell. Powell.
1: Okay, because I was gonna say I didn't know they made movies <laughs> like that. Like I thought they, they, were- they
3: usually don't. This is not <laughs> like if you watch a, uh, if you watch something like a Matter of Life and Death and think like twenty years from now, here's here's a, the movie uh, that this guy's okay. gonna make. It's, All right, uh, well I mean like shocking. I
2: would say I would say something like the Red Shoes has that pervertedly dark Powell energy in sure. it, but it's it still has like the romantic humanism of Pressburger in it. Got- it's not okay. full f- throttle. Yeah, because some of the still horrifying. images I've
1: seen from Red Shoes do look a little bit like, I don't want to say deranged, that's overstating it, but looks it, it's, kind of it's, interesting. Well,
2: the, the, mm-hmm. it, it's during the, the, the famous number, ballet yeah. scene where they're like, you know, overacting and yes. doing like crazy shit instead of just, you know, them performing yeah, I, or like writing music. I
1: truly thought Peeping Tom was just about like... Maybe a, a weird dude who's a peeping tom. Uh, he's a weird lie. dude. Well, no, he is a weird dude. That is a peeping also tom. He murders people. He's, he's
3: not so. even really a no. peeping tom, is he?
1: No, that's not what a peeping tom is. If, o- if, well, o- I mean, if only he was a peeping tom. <laughs> right. The people whose pictures he's taking pre- would prefer they were, he was doing it sneakily uh, and not. Yeah. 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 I mean, within the whole point distance. isn't.
2: I mean, you just stopping it like, but he also kills people is even not even like telling the right. full story yeah. of that movie. Yeah, it's he's killing them and he's photography taking photographs he and wants videos of it to
1: get the images of uh, their face when they realize they're going to die or are mm-hmm. dying. Like, yeah, yeah, so- sounds fucked up. I gotta say, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was so I was really so I'm, and here's the the, the, the uh, punchline at the end of this is like, well, now I want to watch <laughs> it. <didn't, laughs>
2: Yeah, one year. I know, like, oh,
1: I'll get to it eventually and I'm like, I don't know, that sounds fascinating. <laughs> so,
2: okay, wrong. to actually take this back, um my mom and my aunt were talking about um my podcast the other day and they this, were like This podcast? This podcast. Okay.
3: <laughs> are they uh,
2: And they were taught.
3: Are they Pather Panchali, Aparajito or a Pusansar type?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to You'll ask them. to ask.
2: Um but they were talking about how um zola and my mom was like janice said zola was funny and it's a movie about sex trafficking that is horrifying i know
1: i acknowledged that it was upsetting in yes I, in I know. my analysis i acknowledge that it is upsetting material yes. but it is darkly funny but yes my sense of humor is not to be yeah. broadly applied especially to uh i don't know People's moms, my mom would be freaking horrified. Um. No,
2: no, but but my mom was like, I can't I can't imagine ever watching that movie. And then my other hand, my aunt was like, I thought that movie was just about like dumb people in Florida. And like, now that she realized it was a movie about like horrifying sex trafficking, she was like, I want to watch it.
1: <laughs> I'm, okay, see, the, the, so it reminds, with, okay. it reminds me of you. with
2: It reminds me of you with Keeping Tom.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think there is something to it. Not, you know, because you just realize there's more there than you thought. Like, I want to dig into that, you know? Yeah. So, ooh, the poster for Pima Tom is cool. So I, I know I've taken us very far afield. Um, but what were you talking about? Hard days night. Well, the fact that four oh, U-H- oh, F- K UHD and yeah. what Un- if they're in different sizes? Unwind size? that thread. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha.
3: Well, I think we were talking. I don't. I don't rem- remember how Best we got all the way that far. But oh no, I remember what it was. It was oh, how um, good the movie looks. It was in uh, one of the bonus things to the Criterion disc. Um. There are, like, a bunch of interviews, and in one of them, Richard Lester says that um, people refer to this movie and him as the father of MTV. Uh, or somebody wrote him a letter and, mm-hmm. and said, uh, you know, this makes you the father of MTV. And he said, if that's true, I demand a blood test.
1: Ah. <laughs> that's, a, that's pretty funny.
3: That's a good line.
1: I didn't realize he was American, Uh Mr. I think he, term. yeah, I
3: think he moved to yeah. England to, I don't know, do his uh, Peter Sellers shorts or whatever.
2: Apparently, Nick, what was your favorite performance? You haven't answered yet.
3: Oh yeah, so mine was uh, the first time they play "If I Fell" and it's mm. when they're re- re- oh. re- rehearsing for the TV show, and they they start off and um, some, somebody like notes this in, in one of the bonus features too is they start off like singing it to Ringo. Like mm-hmm. they're sort of mm-hmm. almost serenading Ringo, and then he joins in, and it's it's the first time where uh, you see him doing his, his little head thing his and little, just like yeah. this huge grin on his face, and that's <laughs> when I was like, "This guy, this is the guy. Mm-hmm.
2: This is. <laughs> you sound like Mulholland Drive. Drive. This is the, <laughs> is this this the
3: guy. Is, he, he's the one who's doing it, winning me over." <laughs> He's also uh, got a shout out. Ringo Starr is, I believe, the only member of the Beatles uh, featured in the film "Pop Star Never Stop, Never Stop, Never Stopping."
2: Oh, that's he's right. he is in, in that? "Pop Star ne- uh, yeah. Oh, that's fun. He, okay. He's he's one of the interviews that just give like a quick statement on how awesome Connor for real is. Yeah,
3: I think he talks about the donkey role, perhaps.
2: Yeah, yeah, how it changed him. Yeah, funny movie, <laughs> really great movie. God, I love that movie.
3: Uh, what is your favorite performance Jenna?
2: Oh
1: it's uh... my mine's can't buy me love. Oh yeah.
2: oh right. circled it multiple I, times. I and
1: then although I do say I did put a little heart next to if I fell. So you know, I got It's a really good it, one. It's really That'd good. have been my so third. Those were, those were my top 2. Um for sure. But they're they're all good.
3: Yeah, none of the performances are bad. Like they're all No. They're all great. And um I think it's is and it?
1: I love that
2: like, they, like, reprise both Hard Day's Night and Can't Be Buy Me Love, right, as the final act is starting, mm-hmm. like a normal musical would, where they'd reprise their mm-hmm. main two songs. Absolutely.
3: Like, when the movie starts, um, it's, it's them, like, it's the Austin Powers <laughs> opening mm-hmm. scene, basically, of yeah. th- them just sort of, like, running down the street and being chased. Um, and they do a lot of, like, whip pans and r- really, like, chaotic editing, and it feels almost, like, visually kaleidoscopic. And uh, during the last performance of um, She Loves You, you almost get the same thing where it's uh, with sound. Because the crowd is going so crazy that the crowd is basically as loud as mm-hmm. the Beatles themselves are. And I think it's just a cool effect to show like how yeah powerful she, of performers She Loves You
1: were. is a song that like, if I hear it in my head, I hear it with girls screaming like i can't you know what i mean like to me it's part of the song um just because i've heard this and listened to this so many times and just yeah it feels like it's like you said it's the same volume and everything in the movie it just feels like it's (laughs) part of the song that's being played yeah yeah it it
3: becomes like part of that moment in the movie like it's the song is not any separate from the the crowd noise going along with it and
1: famously the Beatles would only tour very briefly after this because they got to the point where they could, it was physically impossible for them to play music anymore because they would be at a stadium and they couldn't even hear their music because people mm. would just scream at the top of their lungs for the duration. And so they just like walked away from it. We're like, never mind. Um, yeah, crazy.
3: Which is a little weird. Do you guys like understand that reaction at all? No, like-
1: um, no, no. So I was thinking about this yesterday. I, 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 I understand it from a like a fandom perspective like I totally get like how like how that fandom developed and why um you know <laughs> why people embrace things like that that they're fans of but I can't imagine one going to a concert and then just screaming so loud the entire time that you can't even hear the you music can't that's hear being the music, played. Yeah. <laughs>
3: that's what I meant. Like... Yeah like a... <laughs> I can see doing it for part of one song. I, exactly. I can
1: see, like, the first song, everyone loses their minds, but, like, I, I, I don't know. I'm also just, like, an old person who I'm just like, don't you just want to, like, sit down and take it easy for a few minutes? No? Okay.
3: Yeah. We are uh, both geriatric millennials.
1: Yeah. That's true.
2: I'd like to imagine if OMS or David Lynch walked down the street, Nick would just start screaming like one of the Beatles fanboys <laughs> and then be like, oh no,
3: I'm part of the problem. <laughs> N- Nellie did once ask me, like, what would you, I, I forget, I think the context was like if you, if you had a seat on an airplane um, and Scorsese sat, not, sat down next to me. And I started thinking about it and I just like, I was like, what would I actually say to him? And I started to get like emotional thinking about what I would say to him. I'm like, all right, I gotta stop. You, you. <laughs> so like, I would not. I would not be him. like
1: Troy in Community meeting LeVar Burton. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, yes! you can't disappoint yes! the picture. <laughs> I, I just watched that. We're rewatching Community right now. I just rewatched that one like three days ago. <laughs>
2: that's a great. One. Ironically, that's one of the few episodes of Community I've seen. But that's a that's a yeah. fantastic that's a
1: great one. I'm see. like crying <laughs> in the bathroom, singing. Exactly, the girl, that's room. that's <laughs> what I'm imagining. You're next to Martin Scorsese on an rainbow. airplane. <laughs> <laughs> You're like in the ba- airplane bathroom, just curled up in a ball. Like I can't go back out there.
3: S- uh, singing. I, I like to imagine the devil <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> doing a Travis Pickle
2: monologue. You're like <laughs> someday,
0: real rain's gonna come
2: no 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 what what, would happen to be like hello Martin I'm Nick and he'd be like hi Nick he's like you're talking to me <laughs> 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 and he'd probably just move seats after that no I think he'd oh, like gosh. me I think we'd get along yeah we'll just stop crying <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: lord um, Nick I yes. believe you had some sort of game for
2: us oh wait one, one last question okay Who's the hottest Beetle? Paul. Paul.
1: Yeah, especially like this time too. I mean, actually, no, the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but they're they're all they are all attractive in their own ways. But Paul oh, is yeah, just yeah. like like looks like could have been a movie star, handsome.
3: See, um. that's funny because when we were watching it, I was like, none of them are ugly, but really, Paul is like very handsome, and the other three are like interesting looking sort of sort of weird looking to be honest i think well well john is
2: john is cute and ringo's like adorably weird and then george is george seems nice yeah george (laughs) seems
1: nice wow i think he's cuter than that
2: i think george is second after paul
1: yeah
3: i mean maybe i'm not like the best judge of like how hot a dude is Yeah, same here. But is a straight guy. But
1: yeah, like I said, George
2: George does have the unibrow though. Yeah, he
1: does. But no, but yeah, Paul is is very yeah. I think it's he's a pretty clear. uh, Yeah, Paul's a very good looking
3: guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my game has nothing to do with the movie, so should we uh do um quotes and ratings and
2: whatnot? Sure. Yeah. I.
1: Did did you want to – I know, Nick, you spent a lot of time pouring through the Ebert essay to really get into his thoughts and analysis. So do you want to give us your uh, best Ebert quote? Yeah, I
3: read it three times, actually. This is a great review. It's probably the best one. Um, Richard Lester's innovations in A Hard Day's Night have become familiar, but because the style, the subject, and the stars are so suited to one another – The movie hasn't dated. It's filled with the exhilaration of four musicians who were having fun and creating at the top of their form
2: and knew it. Excellent. Um, Mine was uh, the most powerful quality evoked by A Hard Day's Night is liberation. The long hair was just a superficial sign of that. An underlying theme is the difficulty establishment types have in getting the Beatles to follow orders. Which I think also comes back to, and I wanted to mention this, is this film. Feels like it was made by it was like Chris Nolan's following or something where it's just like they don't have a tripod, they barely have a camera, yeah. They don't have any act like actual Running actors. Down the yeah, yeah, and it, it and I looked it up and like it was made on a budget of like it was a hundred thousand dollars. Studio
1: movie, like they basically were like, we want to put the Beatles in a movie, like, I don't know. Yeah,
2: I, I don't know. A hundred thousand dollars is still not that much for yeah. even.
1: I guess even for the time, but
2: yeah it's it's still like it's not it was lo-fi
1: i guess is what kind of what you're saying it's like yes 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 it's it's, unlike help which has like big stunts and set pieces and james bond and evil scientists and they go to like bermuda um (laughs) this really is just them running around i've never seen help did you
3: say james bond
1: well, it's like James Bond uh, uh, satire or riff. It doesn't have oh, any actual okay. James Bond. I
3: thought, I thought you meant like actual James Bond. Like Sean Connery came But it, go, like it, goes, but it came goes to walking. the
1: snow. It goes to the tropics. Like it it, it globetrots like uh, they're in a Bond movie. <sighs> can't can't got, recommend the movie in good no, faith. But I, you sh- I, I, I think you'd get a kick out of it. Um, it is It has an incredibly racist depiction of um, people from India. So that's why I don't really recommend it in good faith. Um, but... That's
2: uncomfortable, given that they based a lot of their music off of it. Yeah,
1: and this was would have been, like, before then, you know? So, I, I, yeah. I would like to think that, you know... People can they, learn. People learned, and, you know, that, yeah, this was, this was before, um, and I'll do my quote in a second, this was, like, before they sort of went through all that. The help was, like, the next year, or pretty close to it. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, it's just it 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 just feels like dated British comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah, like sure. it, it feels like yeah. you know, just a British movie from the sixties where you're like, ugh, you're gonna do that? Okay.
2: James Bond has that too. E- exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I will say, for, on this a hundred thousand dollar budget oh, yes. they have, they made eleven million dollars back. Okay. Which is like a hundred times their budget. Yeah. So.
1: It's like making me for know, a million dollars and making a hundred million dollars. Like. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, pretty good.
2: That Blumhouse is looking at those numbers like.
1: You exactly. should have made
2: a Beatles movie there. There. It's
3: no uh, Blur Witch uh, ROI though That's yeah. very,
1: very little as $10,000 Or whatever $50,000 yeah. um, Oh so my quote um, It's just the end of the essay um, Which is Good as it usually is um, the innocence of the Beatles and A Hard Day's Night was, of course, not to last. Ahead was the crushing pressure of being the most popular musical group of all time and the dalliance with the mystic East and the breakup and the druggie fallout from the 60s and the death of John Lennon. The Beatles would go through a long summer, a disillusioned fall, a tragic winter, but oh, what a lovely springtime, and it's all in the movie. That's very cute.
2: It's a great quote. This is one of his best essays. It's a good essay. Um, I have a curious question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know what the movie that has the highest ROI Ever was?
3: I feel like it would Blair Witch has to be up there. Either or that. It's not in the top 10. I'll tell you that much. Um, are, are they all like super low budget movies that were made for like $100 that ended up making like a
2: million dollars? Big Fat no. Greek Jonathan Wedding? No, I can't. Make, oh, that's a good one. No, I'm, I'm looking through. I'm just going to look at the top 10 here. Uh, neither of them are on the top 10 at least. Here. Is
1: it movies we know about?
2: I know some of these at least. Some like Star Wars. Nah, I figured that the budget for that is for
3: probably the, too much.
1: Yeah, yeah. The only ones I sort of off the top of my head always think to reference are Blair Witch and Big Fat Greek Wedding. Beyond that, I I don't know of a off the top of my. I'll head. I'll go through the quick paranormal top ten. Paranormal Activity.
2: Paranormal Activities three.
3: Okay, all right. Mm. Yeah. Um, of but uh, Blair was. Witch a much better movie than Paranormal Activity. Yes, but yes, the Paranormal
1: I, for Activity sure. created the entire Blumhouse model. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: So number one is Deep Throat.
1: Oh, the porn. Okay.
3: Oh,
2: sure. Yeah, which was made on a budget of $25,000 and got $22 million at the box office. So. Good for them. Yeah. Not, not the
1: uh,
3: X-Files episode Deep Throat?
1: <laughs> Correct. <laughs> also number good, two though. is a,
2: a movie called Facing the Giants. Nope. Yeah, neither. Sure. Paranormal Activity. Fireproof.
1: Uh, we start getting into those christian films that's what fireproof is oh ew. oh those movies that they make with no stars for no money and then churches uh, buy out entire theaters uh, and...
3: kirk, kirk cameron is a star still let's uh
1: <laughs> i i think we can take that away from him can we not
3: yeah deep throat the second episode of the x-files
1: yep
2: and uh to to go along with uh christian films number five is the texas chainsaw massacre huh. oh. Six is The Gallows, seven is Eraserhead, eight is An Inconvenient Truth, nine is The Big Parade, the 1925 film, sure, and then finally, ten is The Devil Inside.
1: So it's horror movies, a Christian movie, documentary, that's kind of like what we're looking at here. Did you know, uh, Nick, that Kirk Cameron was in Fireproof, or were you just assuming
3: Oh, I just assumed, is he? Yeah, yes,
1: he's Hell the star yeah. of the movie. Because <laughs> I wanted to be Make like... you goddamn I to, legend. I wanted to well-actually you, and then I was like, damn it, it does actually start. Kirk <laughs> <Graham."> <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, well. Good job.
3: It just seemed like he would be.
1: And of course he is. Of course.
3: There's no well-actuallys here. Yeah, no, I'm actually a big uh, Kurt Cameron head. I don't agree with, like... The message of the movie, but I, I watch it because I appreciate the, the his performance. is just fun. Yeah. All right, it's like hate. it's like watching a D.W. Griffith movie. It's just like, yeah, listen, I know this is com- this is like uh, uh, his not aged well and was not good at the time, but you need to watch it for uh, you know the the talent on screen. Same with uh, Fireproof. Is that what it was called?
1: <laughs> yes, it's called Fireproof. Or God's Not Dead. You could you're going to go with a God's Jesus. Not Dead route. Um, saving
2: Christmas. All right, uh, Nick's, Nick's a big Saving Christmas head.
1: All right, uh, hard day's night, guys. Thumbs up. Up. Uh, Thumbs up. All right, and what are your ratings, Dylan?
3: Three point five.
1: Three point okay. five. And I'm a four. Cool. So good movie. You close to a four good
3: for
2: movie. me. Yeah. yeah. All right, game time. Game time. Game time. Okay. Game time. Very scared. I'm sure I'm going to lose this.
1: I don't know what this is. so I, I,
2: have, I have no idea either, but I'm sure I'm going to lose it. All right, so it's a geography quiz. Oh,
1: okay. Oh, no, well, fuck yeah. I'm, I'm no. joking. Okay. Like, no. <laughs> it's The absolute terror on both of mine and Dylan's faces. <laughs> so
3: uh, as uh, everyone who's ever listened to this show for more than half of an episode knows, we're a big fan of lists. Uh, and uh, uh... the new list that came out recently is the They Shoot Pictures, Don't They Pull.
2: Don't you? Where
3: they right. pulled uh, just gonna... shy of two thousand people, including um, Dylan and I.
1: Us, you guys participated. Uh,
3: mm-hmm. In everyone who participated, submitted twenty-five movies, and then they uh, tallied them all up and came up with a top one thousand and five movies of all time.
1: You want us to name them all right now?
3: Yeah. So, what's number <laughs> one? What's number one, and you're just gonna have to guess, and I'll we'll move have to go on to in two. order
1: from one to a thousand and five, and then we'll stop recording sometime tomorrow.
3: Yes. So the, okay. actually, the game is um, a lot of movies that we've talked about so far on this show ended up on that list,
0: Oh. and a
3: lot of them are, uh, you know, many directors, uh, including the ones we've covered, um, have multiple movies on the list.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And
3: then, of the movies that we've talked about, four are actually not on the list at all. So I'm are gonna run
1: only only four. Of only all the four. Ones? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. So wait. Only, hold on.
2: Sorry, but only four of the ones we've talked about are just in the book that we've talked about so far. So I, through okay. a hard day's night.
3: 2001 through a hard day's night.
2: That's honestly a lot more than I thought that would be.
3: So I'm gonna. I thought these would all be
2: on the top thousand. Yeah,
3: I'm gonna go through. And uh name the movie in order of the book. Um, and when we have director duplicates, I'll mention those. And you guys have to guess if it's one of the ones not on the list, if it's the highest ranked movie by that director, or if it's not and what if it's is? not, what would it, what is his his or her number one? Although I think so far it's only we been yeah, I felt I felt like, oh man, I'm being uh, kind of sexist by saying his, and then uh, yeah, I guess it's technically accurate, which. Uh,
2: I, I do believe his first female directed movie is in book four, so. He's no. going to rush. What is it? Can- it's only until Cleo. <sighs> <sighs> well, Janice's <laughs> face is indescribable.
1: <laughs> you had your I tongue so sticking out. I was <laughs> shocked. Like, my jaw actually fell open. You could, couldn't get like one in book two? Like, a wow. Single-
2: I don't think so. At least when I looked through it the first time, I mean, I, I was
1: like, "Believe you," but like, crazy. I, f- I felt like bad, bad for slicky.
2: accidentally just saying
3: his as, as opposed to his or hers. Um, but
1: well, appreciate the, <laughs> the thought. All that counts. Look, Raj did
2: worse. Yeah. So. Oh boy.
3: Okay, so um, we have had two Kubricks so far: two thousand one and Doctor Strangelove. Are yes, both on his list. Which which is his uh, higher ranked?
1: 2001 yeah
3: so that'll be a point for dylan and i'm keeping score uh 2001 oh, is this a race this is a, this oh, is a competition <laughs> um <laughs> okay high stakes uh 2001 was actually number one on the the list I don't have. Oh, God. I, I don't know where. Um, Strange Love ended up. 2001's
1: but. a good movie. Why are you mad about two thousand one? I
2: fucking love two thousand one. I think you like it the
3: know. most out of the three of us. I, I was gonna even, say. Yeah. I would even say
2: it, it's just the amount ima- the the idea of all the film bros that are just putting it at number one.
3: I feel like that's not a film. Hey, bro
1: you movie. film bros are the ones who voted on this list, which I did not take. Part I, in. It's true.
2: I just I can't believe it's number one. I didn't vote for. It's not even, I didn't vote for. It's not Cooper. even the best Kubrick movie.
3: Barry Lyndon was very high on the list. I think it was in the top. Barry Lyndon's the best Kubrick yeah. movie.
2: Um, Although that goes
1: back and We forth. will see.
2: Yeah, we'll find out. Revolver vs. Rubber Soul, you know. Sure. Okay.
3: Uh, Truffaut's 400 Blows. Is it not on the list? His highest ranked movie on the list or
1: not? It's his highest ranked.
2: It's his yes, highest ranked.
3: That is correct. Number 74 should have been higher. I voted for it. I didn't. Fellini's 8.5. You should have, it would have been higher. Fellini's 8.5.
2: It's his highest. Yes,
3: it is his highest. It was number 16.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Herzog's Agira, the Wrath of God.
2: It's his highest. Not
1: his highest.
3: It was his highest at 104.
1: I got to just start making different guesses just to, to try to game the system here.
3: Uh, Ali, Furious the Soul by Fassbender.
2: On, but not his highest.
1: Not on Jan- the list.
3: Both of you are wrong. It is... Oh.
1: It's on, on and worst. his highest?
2: And his highest at 240.
1: We had three options. <laughs>
2: I, I I was like, I, I thought like Von Braun would have been like the hipster pick that fell over all here it's eats a soul. That one's
3: a point for Nick.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: Uh, this one, this one would be uh, pretty easy. So whichever you'd chimes in first joseph is all about yeah. eve
2: on, highest, highest on, the on the list, list.
3: Okay. that is a point for jan
1: what I'm staring i'm staring at the list of movies Me too. So I'm, I'm okay. i was
2: trying to be like jeopardy in it and wait until we're, he we're finished the, the answer
1: okay i was waiting i waited for him to finish talking
2: what <laughs> to- no roll it back roll it
1: back
3: in jeopardy you don't have to you don't have to wait you can't buzz in. You That's why they yeah, go like right, this, right,
1: but there are things locked yeah, I'm yeah, acting right, out, right. repeatedly pushing the button, but they're locked out until the question's done being read.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: You um, don't get to interrupt Alex Trebek and just shout out the answer. Yeah.
3: Or uh, what's his name? Who, who no longer works there.
2: Mike Richards. The, 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 the
1: Scaramucci yeah. of the Jeopardy! hosting. Oh, oh <laughs> that's <laughs> a my good call. Credit to my uh, friend who said that. I did not come up with it.
3: What is it about people named uh, Mike Richards who... Just ruin their careers by, uh, uh, among other things, saying racist stuff. Saying um, stuff. Billy Wilder has two, The Apartment and Double Indemnity. So you've got a couple choices.
1: N- not, the apartment's higher. On, but not the highest. It's higher.
3: Jenna is right. you got kidding me. Some,
1: some Like It Hot is his highest. Sunset Boulevard.
3: Sunset Boulevard.
1: Okay. I'm going to keep naming Billy Wait, Wilder. I <laughs> thought you yeah.
2: just said, oh,
1: Any film by the director.
2: I thought it it was between apartment. Okay. All
1: right.
2: No. So Sunset
3: Boulevard is 28. Apartment is 33. And Double Indemnity is 129.
2: Nice. Okay.
3: Okay. Here's a tough one. Coppola, Apocalypse Now, and The Godfather.
2: It's his
1: highest. Which one? Apocalypse Now. Godfather 2.
3: Apocalypse Now is his (sighs) highest.
1: should have known. It is you right, Dylan, Dylan you're right it is the film bros voting on this list. yeah
3: it is uh, <laughs> apocalypse now is four the godfather is five.
1: Oh Seriously? shit yeah I love these movies but holy shit these are
2: ridiculous I voted for the godfather yeah I would sure so. and, but I, and just, I think yeah.
1: apocalypse now is a masterpiece but that is bananas that they're four and five and that 2001's
2: one what's what's I, the highest I, I don't
1: there directed by a woman Nick
3: uh, let me see. I'll have to scroll through. Let's scroll, see. Down, I'm gonna scroll go- down. I bet it's down. Agnes, too. Ju- uh, uh, let's see. It, <laughs> would, it could be Poloff. This is good radio. I'm trying to scroll through and not say any of the titles as I scroll through absentmindedly, <laughs> but I'm at number 30 so far. Janet, do you want to guess yet. what it is? Yeah, both of you guess what it is. It'll be a bonus point.
2: I might guess Portrait of a Lady on Fire just because it's so popular right now. I did
1: not know what you meant when you said pole off. I thought that was like some weird European oh, movie I'd never no. heard of. I am sometimes not online enough. Um, God, I don't know. I, I mean, the kinds of things I'm thinking of are not the kind of things that I think would make the list. If I'm like the piano or something.
2: Oh, I bet the piano is on this list.
3: It is a good movie. Um, at number 57. It has not been mentioned yet. I don't believe it is in any of the great movies books. I guess I would only have to look through book four to find out. <laughs> I'll give you some clues. It is. Uh, it got 132 votes. It That's is from the helpful. year 1975. It is, is
2: it, a. Is it. Is it Nikki. Oh.
3: It is a Belgium and French co-production.
2: Oh. Uh, Jean You got to say the whole
3: title. Um. You got to say the whole title. Jean Dielman <laughs>
2: twenty quite de com, uh, to com place twenty three something something Brussels. It is John a-
3: Dielman It is John Dealman. I refuse to try to pronounce the rest.
2: <laughs> Fuck you! You made me try to pronounce the rest.
3: I know, and how did that? At go, at and how did that go? <laughs>
2: uh,
3: yeah, so um, I I did notice actually, like I, I looked at a breakdown by a uh, decade too. It does seem to skew like. Ni- the '90s were the peak, um, and it seems like it's a little bit broer heavy than, say, uh, like the sight and Sound Pool. And it's probably bro, uh, like around my age. That's <laughs> I was gonna say. It's like it's like speaking like like in the '90s.
1: Thirty-five-year-old dude. It's fine. Yeah, I th- I, I, yeah. I'm thirty-six, to- Jenna. <laughs> I like to. I'm, I'm collectively rounding down our same age. Okay. so that's for our both of our benefits.
2: I think you just gotta keep in mind the voters and I forgot who was voting for this list, so I think yeah. do you know who who which movies are two and three unless they're it one of the ones we're talking about?
3: Uh neither are uh even this high in the alphabet yet. So number two is Mulholland Drive. Okay. And number right. three is a Vertigo.
2: Okay. Yeah. Great movies, but
3: I didn't vote for either of them.
1: Why didn't you vote for Mulholland Drive?
0: I
2: didn't I, vote for either of
3: them. If if I would have voted for a Lynch, I probably would have done Blue Velvet over Mol. Yeah. I, I don't know. So. I don't know. That's a tough. Anyways, I didn't vote for a Lynch movie. And as I said to you guys in the chat, I had a, a lot of regret about it. It made me feel bad. Like one day I'm going to bump into David Lynch and will know entire, you did not vote The for entire him time I'm going to be like, oh my God, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so, next up, Sachi Jit Ray's uh, A Pooch Wait, Quick
2: question How did they count it? Uh, did they count Separate. it? Separate separate all movies. three separate all right then ponta pochali's uh, uh, highest yeah
1: i agree yeah,
3: yeah at 124 uh Sergei eisenstein that's Battle the highest
1: uh, that's on the list and highest yeah yeah at 254 i was a, that's
2: Whoa. pretty low yeah so, that's pretty low i thought like two or three eisenstein movies would be, would have been ahead of 254
3: yeah i mean granted i didn't vote for it but no but i, you're, I, I wonder if you're, I wonder your if demographic next, like,
2: age range is perfect for being like an eisenstein head
3: yeah, I wonder if that's going to drop, though, in the Sight and Sound poll next. Because um, yeah. it's still really like,
1: high, right?
3: Yeah, it was like 11 or 12. But I feel like, I don't know, at least on film Twitter. And I know a decent amount of those people will probably get votes. It doesn't come up as much as some of the other stuff that's... No. Um,
2: Even like October, 10 Days of the Republic or whatever. Um, yeah, I, feel I was, like I I was going to say. I, strike? I, I hear Strike talked about more. I
3: could see stro- like Strike. Huge bump. It. I don't know um cocteau's beauty and the beast
2: on the list but not his highest orpheus's highest
3: yeah
1: um i don't know On on the list but it is his highest
3: yes at 546
1: what else what other movie would this is where that was his
3: only that was his only one
1: orpheus isn't even on the list no, See, this Beauty is where is my That's lack of knowledge movies. about some of these filmmakers is really going to help out because I just—I I won't overthink <laughs> it. I'll be like, I don't know. I keep
2: I'm on trying one. to like take a cool answer and be like, all the bro heads oh. went Orpheus. I hear a lot of bro heads talk Orpheus.
3: All my boys love Orpheus.
2: <laughs> yes,
3: I like Beauty. And the, I like Beauty and the Beast better. I did. Did too. you call Beauty? And, did you say Beauty and the Beast is a bro movie?
2: <laughs> no, Orpheus is a bro movie.
3: Oh, all right. I would say that neither
2: are really pro movies. Yeah, Orpheus is a pro next movie. All up, my boys like Orpheus. This Jan- this Janet turned red when you said that the I, verse. I, <laughs> she what? just couldn't handle it.
3: Uh this next one's a tough one All I g right. I'll I'll say. I I would have gotten this one wrong. Bunuel Yeah. We did Belle du jour and exterminating angel. Okay. I'll wait till both your answers are in to uh I'll
2: let Janet answer first.
1: Oh God! And now, now the, the context clue you gave us that you would have gotten this wrong. Now I'm maybe just it's like, messing
3: with you.
0: God,
2: I've already got so a rot it wrong.
1: I don't know. I'll say. I'll say. Ooh, they're both on, and Beldajors higher.
2: But which yeah. high is highest?
1: Highest is highest. Yeah. Oh no! But he also did that discrete charm. That's him, right? Maybe that's higher. I, I, okay. I, there-
2: I, I don't know. I'll I'll, I'll just take the. Um, okay. It's not the highest, but but, but it's on.
1: But then, but uh,
3: okay. You're both wrong. That's another point for me. Exterminating uh,
1: angels highest.
3: They're both on, but exterminating angels highest.
1: Huh. Oh. I would
2: have actually, which I, I was surprised by. I kind of would have been with Janet where I would have thought like the discreet charm of the bourgeoisie yeah. or something. Is it,
1: yeah, is or that even, on there also?
3: Um, I don't know. Let me double check. I I would have thought like Unchained Mendelou might. Yeah, have been that highest, would have been another
2: one. Um. Uh, Let's see years. he has a lot on here.
3: Discreet Charm is two ninety one, which was higher than Belle de Jour at three seventy seven. And then he also has uh, Los Alvidados and that obscure object of desire.
0: Ooh, yeah. Jesus. And Verdi
2: Verdiana
1: Viridi- right. the, no, the, the Broheads love Bunuel is what we Oh thinking.
2: yes they yeah, do. In a
3: Un Chien Andalou not on here.
1: <gasps> what well, the are flip? there any shor- isn't it's a short, right? That Yeah, short but
3: there are sh- there are shorts. La like, was on us, the list. Some of us even voted for a short. Okay. Of course.
1: Was it that one? No, it was La Jetée. Oh, La Jetée. duh, right, yeah. sorry. I get, there there are two short films that are respected that have French titles and I've seen La Jetée and I <laughs> still can't remember which one is which, so.
3: You can't remember which one is which and you haven't even seen one of them.
1: And, and I know that the one I haven't seen has like eyeballs eyeball. being slit, so. Yeah, we'll
3: get to it, it's in book one. Yay. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious that That's actually, yes, Duckamuck is on here.
2: Hell yeah, Duckamuck rocks. It does.
1: <sighs> uh,
3: where are we at now? Bicycle, Bicycle thieves. thieves by Vittoria De Sica.
1: Bicycle it's Thieves. It's on
2: in the highest. Yeah. Yes, that is correct.
3: Um, Howard Hawks is Wait, the on. big sleep.
2: Pally, come on in. Come on. Are you scared?
3: This is a dog-heavy episode.
1: I was going to say, my my lack of a dog. You can just Pally. leave her
2: out then. Mm. Okay.
1: Big sleep.
2: On, it's on, but not the highest. I, that's what I was gonna say too. Yeah,
3: Jana is correct. Uh, oh. Rio. Oh, I I said Kelly the Kelly coming
2: in here for the distraction. Uh,
3: I gave Rio away the answer, unless you guys weren't listening to me. Rio Bravo. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Rio Bravo is the highest at one thirty-five. Um, Antonioni's blow up
2: on and not the highest. That is uh, correct.
3: Okay. What What is his highest?
2: Laventura That is also correct.
1: See, sometimes you do have an advantage by knowing which other movies these (laughs) directors have made.
3: Uh, Lawrence Kasdan's Body Heat. Not Not on on the list. Not on the list.
2: Who said that first, though? Jana did.
3: Or at least based on my internet. Um,
1: We know we're not competing for anything, right? We're competing
2: for for the podcast here, Jana. I'm
3: gonna write you a giant novelty-sized check. (laughs)
2: Five dollars.
3: Uh, I wonder if any Ted Danson movies are on here. I'm not gonna look it up. Arthur Penn's <laughs> Bonnie and
2: Clyde. On and the highest of his. Yeah, I agree. Yeah,
3: yeah. At 570, that's kind of low, right?
2: Yeah. Not surprised. And yeah. As we're talking about like Battleship Potemkin, not really in the bro conversation. Yeah. I don't think Bonnie and Clyde is. I'd say like even Gun Crazy is probably higher than Bonnie and Clyde or something at this point now.
3: Bride of Frankenstein Gun Crazy is on the highest Yeah, Jenna got there first Gun Crazy, not on the list
2: Oh, really? I feel like I hear a lot of people talk about that
1: It's like I feel like Yes, but super recently. Like, I feel like it's been a, a very recent. I don't know if it's because, like, if it, if it went on a criterion or something, but I feel like people have been talking about it more in, like, the last 12 months. Yeah.
2: I
3: feel like it's not the sort of thing that you would put in, at, like, a top 25 list.
2: Okay, that's true. Like, this is definitely, like, people's top line picks.
3: Yeah. Um, Broken Blossoms.
2: On and not, not the highest.
1: Not on.
3: Not on. Um, what is for a bonus point? Griffith's
1: highest. I'm afraid to guess. I don't know. Uh, the the not what's it called? Intolerance. Yes. Hi. Hey. That's it's the only say.
3: one on the list. I'm pretty. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was the only one on the list. I kept
1: wanting to say Deliverance, which is uh, a
3: different <laughs> movie. A different movie. Uh, Michael Curtiz's Casablanca.
2: On in the highest. On the list
1: and highest. Uh, I think I got it before. Okay, right. Dylan might have got it before me.
3: I think I think you started talking at the same time,
1: and then I was slower. Yeah.
3: <laughs> okay. So I don't know. I don't know what's count.
1: That's fine.
3: Uh, Roman Plansky's Chinatown
2: on and the highest on, but
1: not the highest
3: on and the highest. Dang. At thirty-eight. It's my, did I say... it's
1: my? Dylan said highest. I said not the highest.
3: Yeah. Did I say uh, Casablanca? Was it number eighteen?
2: No.
1: Nope. No, that's good. Is is Rosemary's Baby on the
2: list? Uh, I
3: feel like it has to be, right? I would hope. Yeah, one fifty-eight.
1: Okay.
3: Yeah. Uh, Citizen Kane
1: <laughs> on, <laughs> on,
0: in on the at highest. highest.
3: Yeah, I'm giving that one to Jana.
1: All Dylan, and <laughs> <laughs> were, Dylan and I were and I were doing like a stare down because we were waiting for you to say <laughs> it because we both, both uh, were say waiting
3: it. for me to finish first.
2: Yeah. I uh, think Nick is an impartial judge at this point. All the ties are going to Jana.
1: I think I just from my internet. No, I gave probably, you the last tie. Yeah, you got the last one.
3: City lights.
2: On and the on, highest. On
1: but not the highest not the highest.
3: On and the highest.
2: At All my boys on. like city lights. Love city lights. <laughs> days of heaven. On but not the
1: highest. On agreed. Yeah. It's right, tree what life. was his
3: his tree of life? Yeah. Twenty-three for tree of life, ninety-five for days of heaven. Two in the top one hundred for my boy Terry. <laughs> Uh, Kieslowski's The Decalogue. On but not, not the highest. On but
2: not the highest.
3: Oh. What was number one?
2: It was blue.
3: Jana?
1: I, I, I don't know. White.
3: <laughs> it was red.
1: Dylan, are you wearing a blue shirt?
2: No.
3: Oh, oh. Is that her, yeah, our colors. It's I was desert. hoping it's that
1: because I'm, shirt. yeah, I'm wearing a white shirt and Nick's wearing a red shirt, so I was hoping that I just couldn't see. A, a, you wearing a blue shirt? Anyway,
2: the almer's detour. Oh, not on the a list. Heist. Oh yeah, not on the list. I forgot that was not. not <laughs> yeah, give it to Jenna. It's
3: not Jana. on the list. It it is on the list. What? What? It is number six eighty eight.
2: I can't. Oh. I can't take credit of that. Then I would have
1: said none on the list. Good oh, that's for, a that's that's uh, a point for, for me. Good. For, yeah, that's a Nick point. Good for Detour. Fun movie. Yeah.
3: Some behind the scenes troubles for uh, our our boy in the lead. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> not good not movie, fun
1: lead actor, but fun fun movie.
3: Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing on
2: in the on t- and the highest. Yeah.
3: Did you say on and not the highest, Dylan?
2: No, I said on in the highest. Yeah. Okay. It, okay. It yeah. I think you got said, it there first. No. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Twenty nine.
2: Where was Malcolm X?
3: Uh, let's see. How many does Spike have on there? He had 25th hour on there at 923. Bamboozled at 793 and Malcolm X at 331.
2: That's low for Malcolm. Uh, Dracula. On, but not on the and mind. the highest. Yeah.
3: Uh, that's another point for Nick. It was not on.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Unless, they, I was going to say they agree with us.
2: Yeah. Uh, Wait, but, hold on.
1: So, hold on. So, how many have we had not on just Body Heat and Dracula?
2: We've had two right well, now. Yes. Okay. Actually, Third. Nick, can you check?
1: That's weird. that Decalog's on there. I don't think Decalog's a movie. Anyway, sorry. But not, so not to go back down that comment. No, and
3: <laughs> Broken Blo and Broken Blossoms.
1: And oh, Broken Blossoms. Blossoms. Okay, yeah. so there's we have, So we only have one left. That one left, now.
3: not on the list. Nick, um, how
1: many
2: Dracula movies were on the? Uh,
3: if I do a search for Dracula, nothing comes up. If you do a search for a Vampire, um, the the list Vampires. Oh. Vampires comes up.
2: Hell yes. Great movie, if you um, can count it a movie.
3: Vampire by Dreyer comes up. And Nosferatu, the Vampire, the Herzog comes up, and oh. Nosferatu by Murnau comes up.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. So there's a lot of vampire movies, but no yeah. actual Dracula. Let
3: me Wait, try I, Let the Right One In. I wonder if the, Let the Right One In is on there too. So there's I've a lot. Do,
2: of... I do need to say Les Vampires. The the serial is not about vampires. It's about a criminal organization. Yeah.
3: Irma ah, Vep. Okay. Irma Vep is also on there.
1: Wow. Oh. Les Vampires is. You said it's not a movie. Well, it's a isn't it like a
3: mini series?
2: Yeah, it's a serial. So there was like from
1: 1915. One of my favorites. Oh, 412 minutes. Okay, sorry. I'm like getting a lot of just film education right as we go here.
3: Oh, you want to hear something wild? Wait, let me make sure. Is the movie
1: something wild on the list? Sorry.
3: Uh, let me look.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Dylan, for being vaguely amused by that. it's,
3: it's not. Uh, Lace. So, are you guys familiar with Irma Vep? The uh, yep. uh, Olivier Olivier Assayas movie. I have, I have movie heard with,
1: of it, but I have not seen it. Uh,
3: it's Olivier Assayas directing, um, like a fictionalized version of Maggie Chung playing herself um, as an actress who is going to um, do a recreate, uh, like a, a reboot of Lace Vampires. Holy and shit! The director is jump Jean, is jumpier Leo. And oh, um
1: played by Jean Pierre Leo? Yeah, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't think he's playing himself. I okay. think he's just playing uh like a director. That's cool. Um so so Irma Vep is the main character's name in Lace Vampires. So the oh. movie Irma Vep is is like about
2: well. Rebooting main that. characters in quotes, because she doesn't even come into the f- fourth serial, I think.
3: Oh I haven't seen it. Um but Irma Vep is number six fifty two. In a tie, among other movies, with Lace Vampires at hey. six fifty two. dollars Legend! Yeah. Any, that's Any other, crazy.
1: Any other SIS? Um,
3: I'm I sure Carlos, Carlos is there. No, that's the only one. I like yeah. Carlos better than Irma Vett.
0: Hmm.
2: It's just those Lace um, Vampires heads that are just like yeah. two spots on their list, one for one, one for the other.
3: Yeah, all the bros love Lace <laughs> Vampires. All the bros love 14-hour black and white cereals. I'm going to make Jenna
2: watch that at some point. It's real good.
1: It'll go right after... What's the other movie I'm never going to watch?
2: Sutton Tongo?
1: Yeah, after that.
2: Oh, no, you're going to watch it.
1: <laughs> Can't wait to see how you try it's, to pull that it, off. It,
3: it, it's going to be uh, one of those uh, like end-of-season movies that we do. I'll, I'll write if, a fake, okay, if,
1: Ebert, if, if If it was one of Ebert's most hated... i a that Ebert hated it.
3: <laughs> I, what um, we
2: need to do is... We need to do a draft for like the book three, and then just pick a bunch of movies that we need to get Janet to watch that she'll never watch otherwise.
0: <laughs> oh
1: my god, just a torture Janet! <laughs> the long,
3: the longest movies that we can think of, <laughs> like Andy Warhol's Empire.
2: God no, Lord, that I will refuse. Uh. at least Satin Tango and Lesben Pure is like they bang.
3: Yeah, Satin it Tango's it's a f- it's a Banger. fun movie. It's a fun movie. Um, Even will so to- rock
2: with it.
1: It's not one of those movies where you just like watch someone walk down a road for 20 uninterrupted minutes. What a
3: banger. What doesn't bang him Okay, I'm
1: sorry. I'm <laughs> my, my, that's on me. My
3: bad. <laughs> Do cows just walk around aimlessly for 10 minutes in the beginning? No, I think it's is more it, like 15.
1: Is, it, <laughs> um, is that Bellatar, or is this like a whole different... Uh, no, it's Bellatar. Bellatar.
3: Yeah, Bellatar. it's Bellatar. Of
2: course it's Bellatar.
1: Okay, that's what I meant. I didn't know if it was him yeah, or just someone it, it, like-minded. <laughs>
3: Yeah, no, it's just, like, sad people and black and white and, like, the fucking wind.
2: <laughs> lot of wind. There's a
3: lot of wind. Lot of rain. Um. So Todd Browning did not make it onto the list with Dracula. He did make it onto the list. Freaks? With one movie. Yeah, Freaks. Oh, so, Freaks okay. at 861.
1: What really upsetting thing. is Freaks? I've never seen
2: it. Okay. Um, It's weird for 90%, and then the final 10% is... Horrified.
1: Deeply upsetting? Okay.
3: Um, Leo McCary's duck soup. On, but On, not as highest. Not the highest. Did you both say not the highest? Yeah, we yes. both said not the highest. It is his highest.
1: Oh, point for Nick.
3: Point for me. I got a five if I'm counting right, which uh, I'm going to be honest. Five. the stakes are low, because I'm probably not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I might have forgotten to write down very, a couple of answers. Wait, where, where is, Where's, where's, where's makeway for tomorrow?
3: Uh, Didn't make it. Just you. kidding! I know it's on there. Jeez. Yeah, three three forty, so very close. Okay. Oh no, two fifty. I, I was thinking so. It's uh, about ninety uh, below duck soup. I like make way for tomorrow better.
2: All right. Maybe yeah, a, me, too. A, me too.
3: Maybe a hot take. Um,
2: I'm gonna let Janet answer
3: this first. E.T. by it. Spielberg.
1: Letting me answer first is not necessarily. Um, oh God. On the list, not the highest.
2: I'll say not on the list. Not on
0: the
3: list.
1: <laughs> just, yeah, that's. I'm just bet- kidding. I'll
2: say <laughs> I'll say on and not the highest, so I forgot about Jaws. Jaws is the highest.
3: Yeah. So Janet gets the point. Dylan gets the bonus point because it is <laughs> on the list at 320. Jaws is number one at 81. I feel oh. like that's kind of low.
1: How many Spielberg's?
3: Low. Oh, I bet there's a lot.
2: Raiders um, is on here. I'm assuming last crusade let's, might even be on here
3: let's see we got et E.T.'s is his lowest if i'm doing this right at 320 jurassic park ai raiders schindler's list jaws so he's got six
1: <laughs> Jenna, what the fuck did you just pull out of your mouth sorry i had popcorn before i ate this <laughs> i was like sorry i was grossly picking something out of my teeth but it was driving me crazy our listeners did not have to see that, thankfully.
3: <laughs> I, d- I didn't see it. I had no
2: idea
1: okay. what you was right. talking I, about. I was <laughs> scratching at my tooth, and I was like, something is hurting my tooth. Anyway,
2: <laughs> I, 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 I just now. enjoyed your look when you pulled it out. You like looked at it and was like,
1: oh. Else? I just had a popcorn kernel in my teeth. I'm good.
3: The benefits of not doing a video podcast. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, Fargo. On the and the voice. highest.
1: On and not the highest.
3: On and not the highest. What is, is it- your highest?
1: Serious man?
2: It's Lebowski.
3: Nine. Um that's a bonus point for Nick. It is No Country for Old Men. So Fargo oh, at 71. yeah. No Country for Old Men at 54. I think Lebowski's in the top 100 though, if I remember correctly. Let's see. Man who wasn't there was on there. Raising Arizona What the take. flip
2: a flip. All these that's good gross. Miller's crossing
3: Barton take. Fink, a serious man inside Lou and Davis. Which of their
1: movies are not? <laughs> Fargo,
3: that? Big Lebowski, uh Lady Killers Notably absent.
2: <laughs> you said the Lady Killers and paused, and I was like, I swear to God, Nick.
1: Okay, but It, it, it truly really wh- sounds like the majority of their films are on the list.
2: Yeah, the
3: Lady Killers is a movie, when I watched it, I like went into it going, I'm going to be the person who understands I did Lady it Killers. I did too. And uh, <laughs> about 15 minutes in, I'm just like, now I'm gonna power through this so I can say I watched the whole filmography. But this is fucking bad. Uh, they have nine movies on the list.
2: Okay, Jenna, when I said gross, I mean gross. That man who wasn't there is on the list, and not other great movies that we've already mentioned that have been not on the list.
1: Sure, it's just it's just it is funny that even I wouldn't have expected that. I don't even particularly like that movie. No, um, it's not a good. It's 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 fine. I um, think it's a but... good it is but it's kind of like a hipster pack. Um,
3: Who do you guys think is the person with the most movies?
2: Cohen's probably, honestly. Between They have 9. Between it's girth a, and the girth of their cinematography itself and then the amount that they have on the list is probably Cohen's.
3: This will be we'll we'll finish we'll finish this up once uh we, we finish yeah. this other game. We're just going to drag this game out into sub games to make this episode as long as possible. I was going to say,
1: this, this episode is going to be half talking about Hard Day's Night, half talking about this list.
3: Yeah. Um, Ozu's Floating Weeds. On and not, not the highest. Uh, not on the list. On. Not the highest. It is a 793. What is the highest? Tokyo
2: uh,
1: Story. Tokyo Story.
3: Yes. Yeah. Another point
2: for Dylan.
1: How many Tokyo Ozus? Story at 20
3: ozu could
2: actually have probably six on That's, the list yeah. he has Eight. 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 Which, okay so early summer so almost... late spring floating weeds tokyo story
3: he's got i was born but floating weeds late autumn early summer good morning an autumn afternoon
2: late spring and tokyo story my boys like ozu they do let's they go sure do.
3: i threw a, i threw a vote at tokyo story
2: i threw a vote at tokyo story
3: yeah. I did. I also threw um votes at uh, Citizen Kane, which is on the list and uh Good for you. What else. Yeah, nothing else than me Um where are we at? Gates of Heaven.
2: On in his on highest.
1: not the highest. Point for Nick,
3: not on the list.
1: Ah, damn it. So that's the last one that's the last okay, one that's Jenna, not on the list.
2: Let's yeah. think that Gates of Heaven is not on the list and Man Who Wasn't There is on the list.
1: Yeah. I mean I is, don't know. I don't know if that worked about did, it. Did
3: did Errol Morris make it onto the list though?
1: Yes. Thin Blue Line,
3: yes, at nine twenty three.
1: Oh, snuck on, okay.
3: Just barely. I'm surprised. I thought I'm that surprised. would be higher. That's yeah. a that's a really good movie. It I kind of, of thought movie.
1: Gates of Heaven and Thin Blue Line would both be on, with Thin Blue Line being higher. That was my that that's guess.
3: what I would have guessed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the General
1: on and on not in the highest. highest,
3: on and not the highest. What is his highest? I don't. I'm know counting Buster name. Keaton as the director, not right. uh, the other. Oh, day, I Clark, know what whatever. it is.
1: I don't know any other Buster Keaton movies.
2: <laughs> it's
3: Sherlock Jr. It's Sherlock Jr.
1: Oh, there you go. I've heard of that one.
3: It's a short film, technically.
2: Yeah.
3: Or is it technically a short? I don't know. It's it's short it's for a 45 film. minutes? Yeah, it's like a, a four-reeler. I don't know how long exactly. It's 40-some. Um, Gone with the Wind.
1: On? On in the highest?
2: Yeah, probably.
3: Oh, point for Nick. On, but not what, the highest.
1: What other...
3: Victor Fleming, Victor director Fleming. of Gone with the Wind at three fifteen. You Jump a hundred points up and you see Wizard of Oz at two fifteen.
1: Oh. <laughs> I always forget that. Yeah,
3: I, I forgot. forgot it, I forgot it too. Uh Renoir's The Grand Illusion.
2: On and not the highest. On heist. and not
3: the highest. Yeah, on and not the highest. What is his highest? Whoever it's the Rules of it the up? Game. Yeah. Good movie. Yeah. Great movie. Uh Greed by Stro- von Stroheim. On, on and, and his highest. highest. Yeah, on and his highest. Jamie and lastly, Richard Lester's A Hard Day's Night.
2: On, but not on the, the highest. highest. Not the highest. On
3: and, on and the highest. Yeah.
1: What? Or you think, what? You think Superman 2 is higher than this? I thought
2: Superman 1 would be higher.
1: He didn't no. do Superman 1. That's Richard Donner.
2: Yeah. see the other
3: Richard. Oh,
1: Richard Donner and then Richard Lester took I over. Thought, when oh, I thought Richard... Donner.
2: I thought Lester did 1 and then 2 and then Donner made the better cut of it. It's opposite then.
1: The, well, Donner did one and two, but then was taken off two, and they put Lester on the takeover, and he did two and three. Yeah, I thought
2: it was the opposite of it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
3: Okay. Fair so you D- Dylan won that game, but we're going to do the other part of the game.
2: Wait, I did. I thought Jana beat me.
3: No,
1: no, you, you had way more than me. What was the final score?
3: Uh, I don't know. I have to count all this shit. <laughs> did
1: I beat you? <laughs>
3: you beat me. Uh, Twenty-four to sixteen
1: to eight. Wow! Oh, wow! I mean, I what mean round ish. numbers.
2: E- ish i World don't know how 8, <laughs> eight yeah. 16, 24, boom yeah there
3: you go all right we'll do uh what who, who's the director who got the most votes
1: the most movies
3: the most votes not oh. movies hitchcock
1: yeah he's, Hitch. number
2: kubrick, he's number
3: two he's number two kubrick yeah so hitchcock is number two at ten eighty six. kubrick is number one at
2: 1476
3: whoa, whoa, whoa. um three four and five is coppola
2: i was assuming that was next
3: marty huh. and david lynch
1: i was gonna say lynch yeah i mean basically it's like look, what directors are in the top five that's yeah. your yeah. guys
2: what 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 directors were film bros favorites sure. right it's those five
0: yeah
3: it's those guys and then like bergman is next kurosawa is next pta uh. and cohen brothers are down a little bit lower tarkovsky's up there um
2: who's the first woman
3: Not listed on the leading twenty-five. No woman is in the top twenty-five. That
2: is only.
1: What what would we decide? The first. What did you say? The first. It was Chantal Ackerman, right? Chantal Ackerman, and like pretty low. So yeah, fifty-seven.
3: I'm not that surprised. Yeah, so none of the twenty-five top vote-getting directors were women. I wonder though if you were to break it down, if it would actually be Claire Denis.
2: How many? are black in the top 25. I'm assuming Spike's
1: there.
3: on a Let's see. White guy, white guy, white guy, white guy, white guy, white guy, Asian guy, white guy, white guy, white brothers, Asian guy, white guy, white guy, white guy, white guy. No, very white guy. That's Quentin Tarantino. White guy, white guy, very white guy. That's Jean-Luc Godard. Asian guy, White guy, Asian guy, Asian guy, white guy, white guy. So Charlie Chaplin.
1: Okay, so it's it's in, in entirely white and Asian filmmakers. Um, all men. All men, and yep. whether we're five, you say it, basically like five-ish Asian filmmakers: Ozu, yeah. Kurosawa, maybe yeah, Wong Kar Wai.
3: Yeah. So in order of the Asian guys, it's Kurosawa. Eddie Yang. Uh, so it's it's uh, Kurosawa, Wong Kar Wai. Ozu um, Ozu Miyazaki and Edward Yang I'm surprised Edward Yang is that high because his filmography is so short
2: yeah but you think he's got like three that like will be in the top 150 or something yeah yeah. yeah. Ne- never uh, never, never sleep on Eddie Yang that guy comes out of nowhere
3: I know I can't find that Hagendah shirt or oh, that San Francisco oh, 49ers head I really hat. Was, was invested
1: mm-hmm. in you dressing up as Edward Yang for <laughs> Halloween <laughs>
3: it, it really like ruined my Halloween costume ideas I think what I'm gonna well I have an idea but we'll see if it out. i don't want to last time i came up with an
2: idea i couldn't find any of the pieces to the thing so we'll see if uh, i can pull it off but um, nick how many eddie yang movies have you seen three okay so i'm just assuming Ye yee brighter summer day type a story
3: no uh terrorizers not type a story i have Taipei a story because it's part of the martin scorsese world cinema box oh. set, but i haven't watched it yet
2: what do you think of terrorizers oh that's awesome yeah gave it five stars on letterboxd mm-hmm he has so, eight, then? Eight movies? Sorry, I'm just you know, getting some, into...
3: Some like that, but some of them are hard to find. Like uh, I think, Mahjong, I think, is really tough to find. I think um, In
2: Our Time is really hard to find.
3: Yeah, I think only those four, ter- like the um, two biggest ones, Terrorizers and Taipei Story, are the only ones that are like readily available.
2: Uh-huh. Okay. Sorry, I'll stop um, getting us off track.
1: No, it's fine. It's just, uh, g- gosh forbid, we find a way to end this in under two hours. <laughs>
2: Uh, this
3: this next part will be quick We'll only do uh, So directors with Six or more films They have them all listed out um, Who was the director Who had the most films In the top 1,005 Is it With 15
2: Hitchcock 15?
3: No he's number two With 12 This guy had Three more Three more movies
2: Is it like Chaplin or something Or Keaton Because yeah. they have shorts on it No Nope
3: Three more movies than Hitchcock.
1: 15! Is it Kurosawa? 15?
3: No, oh. Kurosawa's tied at number three okay. with 11.
1: Okay. I can't. Most
2: directors don't even have 15 movies on a film. That's what I was trying movie, to think let of. Let I'm trying to fil- think
1: of directors that have who 15 made, movies. F- who
3: made 15 bangers? I'm quite upset that you guys don't
2: know. It's Scorsese. It's Scorsese.
1: Oh, it is. 15? So, that so, is ludicrous.
2: Who, who votes <laughs> for 15 Scorsese movies? The is Aviator. A bunch of, a bunch of after on, hours on, on. Heads over him. there. How is the Aviator getting votes? I don't
3: know. It only got ten votes. That's his bottom one. The Aviator, Shutter Island, tied with the Aviator. Main Streets, okay. After Hours, okay. The Departed, okay. Last Temptation of Christ, Nice, Casino,
2: Sure, mm.
3: Wolf of Wall Street, mm-hmm. Silence,
2: Nice,
3: Age of Innocence.
2: Strong. Fuck yeah
3: King of Comedy Hell yeah The Irishman Oh yeah okay. Raging Bull
2: Ugh mm-hmm.
3: Goodfellas at 14 Fuck yeah Taxi Driver at 6
2: Wow
3: I threw a vote to Taxi Driver
2: Yeah I think if we played the game of like who had the most uh, votes between all of our lists You would have won it
3: Like who, who, who the movies that we voted for Yeah yeah yeah, all, all of my movies, bas- very basic, all of my movies ended up on the list. Did, I think did, uh, did A New the, Leaf was the lowest.
2: Did The Puppet Master make the list?
0: Mm.
3: Yes, in 923, it squeaked in.
2: Did The Big City make the list?
3: I know that there were a few other, um, yes, Saty- it tied with
2: The Puppet Master. Okay, hold on. Let m- I'm sorry, we're going to go long. <laughs> um. Let me figure out... Let me go to my form. Um, I'm assuming City Lights, Wizard of Oz, Red Shoes, All Made, A Tokyo Story, Made, A Lawrence, blah, 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 blah. Um, Le here.
3: Let's look at Agnes. Let's see. Gleaners and I, Lebon here, Vagabond,
2: and Cleo. Wizard okay. Um, I'm assuming Redbeard is one of the Kurosawas, but that's not the most famous, if you could check that one. Let's
3: see. Kurosawa uh dreams kagamusha dersu uzala
2: if there's a
3: red beard uh yojimbo throne of blood I'm, I'm getting kiyoshi kurosawa was in here too uh ron rashomon which
2: i voted for ikiru high and low seven samurai
3: number 10 is his
2: highest and then emitai the Usan senbene film Jenna's on her phone.
1: I'm scrolling through Instagram while you read <laughs> Let's see. off the names o- of movies I haven't heard of. <laughs>
2: the only the only sim ben is uh Black, Black Girl. Girl. It's six fifty. Damn, high so good. Uh, oh,
1: I thought you were saying the name of a movie, that was the name of a director.
2: No, these are these are movies you voted for, right? Yeah. 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 Um I'm assuming WhatsApp Doc's on there, unless Nick like broke into their account and deleted it. 7, uh, 735. Selena uh, and Julie go boating's gotta be on there. The Texas Chainsaw Yeah, Massacre. I think
3: that was Selena Julie. 122 mm-hmm. for Selena and Julie. Texas Chainsaw Massacre at
2: 73. An unmarried woman might not be. Not on there. Fuck! That movie's so good. Is, is losing ground. I'm afraid losing ground's not on there. Not on there. You gotta be kidding me. Close up's gotta be on there. Close up's gotta be on there. Yeah. Close up at seventy eight. Is to sleep with anger on there? At least Jenna knows that one. Nope.
1: I have heard of that one.
3: To sleep with Anger is not on there. Killer of Sheep Oh, you said no? It's not on there. Killer of Sheep is on there at five oh one.
2: How is to sleep with Anger not one of the thousand best movies of all time? My bros
3: prefer Killer of Sheep.
2: Yeah, it, Killer Sheet's pretty amazing too, but I do like to Sleep with Anger a little bit more. Secrets. Okay, so we got Secrets oh, go and Lies.
3: That'll be on there. Uh, Four seventy-seven.
2: Okay, Eternity in a Day. Five hundred one. Dang, the day I became a woman.
3: Won't be on there.
1: I can't believe I on there. Took my headphones out, had a whole conversation with Matt who just got home, and I came back and you're still <laughs> just reading off names of movies. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then i'm assuming spirited away and a moment of innocence yes. and moonlight are all on there
3: spirited away is in the top yeah it's 32 moment of innocence is
2: man so i had thir- four or five that didn't make it i'm so curious what Janice saying to nick or saying to matt now
3: so we have scorsese had the most at 15 hitchcock had the second most at 12 kurosawa had 11 who did he tie for 11. Uh, it was somebody we already named as having like a shit ton of votes. Ozu. No, he had eight movies. P- this, this, the Kubrick? guy who's uh, no. Does
1: Kubrick,
0: Kubrick?
3: have 11 movies? Cu- I don't think Kubrick he- only had eight. Um, but I think Kubrick list, only which had- I think it's like all of his movies.
1: <laughs> of yeah, that's that's why I said Kubrick. I was like, wait, I'm not sure he has 11 movies.
2: Hold on. Kubrick has... Like 11 official movies. <laughs> oh yeah. So I'm assuming the ones not on there for Kubrick were Lolita, The Killing, and Spartacus.
3: Lolita, not on there. Should be. It's a good movie. Killing, not on there. Spartacus is a good Spartacus, movie. Spartacus,
2: not on there. Yep. Hey, I got that right. I deserve yeah. a point I would
3: for that.
1: For Dylan.
3: So who else besides Kurosawa had 11?
1: Oh.
3: Film. Not really a film bro person actually Like sort of like the, the film The film bro community at least on The circles of Twitter that I frequent Have turned against this person Spielberg And uh, uh, No he has 10
1: <sighs> Okay And
3: and I don't get it other than maybe his filmography Is so um, big That there are like a decent Ridley Scott No mm. there are a decent number of like stinkers In it but Is he a so, modern filmmaker? No he's dead um, I gave him a vote.
1: You gave him a vote.
3: Yeah. And he ended up in the top 10. But not for the movie I voted for.
2: What years was he working? Uh, Like
3: mid-century. 50s, 60s is sort of like his peak. The movie I voted for, I think, is from the 70s, though. Mid-century modern sort of director. <laughs>
1: He's a mid-century yeah. modern filmmaker. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Uh,
3: not an English language Guy. Oh, 82 is the movie I Not voted an for.
2: English language. Oh, uh Truffaut? No. Not an English language guy that you voted for.
1: You didn't vote for Godard.
2: Yeah, you're not gonna vote I for did Godard. Not. Go no,
3: Goddard was below at ten. He tied Spielberg and one other guy. Oh. Eleven is uh eleven movies by this person. Let me give you the years uh 1960 63 61 73 62 78 72 Man, he worked in like two 50, decades. 57 57 82 oh, 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 Fellini.
1: 66. Nope. Have people turned on Fellini? Fellini? I don't think so. What
2: are people doing targeting on Fellini?
3: No, they didn't turn on Fellini. Oh,
2: I thought you said yep.
3: No, I said no. No, no. it's uh, I'll, I'll give it away. It's Bergman.
2: Oh, oh who the hell turns to Bergman? I
3: don't know. People are always like bad mouthing Bergman. I'm like, yeah, he. I'm not he even made, a like, big 50, He made work. fifty movies. That's why some of them aren't good. Shut up. <laughs>
1: We're <laughs> gonna any... have. There's two Bergmans coming up.
2: Seventh oh, Seal, just... and Persona. Yeah.
1: So Persona's.
3: Persona is his oh, number one. Oh, I didn't realize one. when
1: I was talking. I went on my whole riff about Peeping Tom earlier. I completely forgot Peeping Tom is in this book.
3: Yeah. Oh, you. Uh, I thought that's like no. part of what.
1: No, I just was like that movie. You guys have recommended it. Sounds good. And then I totally forgot it was in the book. That's funny. Right,
3: um, so the I'll just give up the uh, the last person who uh, also had ten. So it was Godard, Spielberg, and uh, David Lynch. Despite me not giving him a vote.
2: 10 for david
3: lynch that's
1: hilarious and
3: you want to know why i don't even think david
2: lynch had 10 movies
3: in true film bro it's probably oh oh, it's because twin Twin peaks Peaks season two on
1: there three yeah i was gonna say
3: in true film bro style so there's
1: there's 10 lynch okay so there's Mulholland drive uh, counting down
3: straight story wild at heart elephant man lost highway inland empire eraser head twin peaks the return at 152 a movie, 124 minute long movie. Uh, Twin Peaks, Firewalk with Me, Blue Velvet, and Number Two Mahon Drive.
1: What's not on there? Uh,
2: Wild at Heart. Think...
1: No, he says no, no Wild at
3: Heart's on there. I Lost think Highway? Since... Oh, Lost to... Highway's not on there. Oh, Dune? no, on that Highway. is no, that is on there. I think it's a whole filmography. I
1: think I was waiting like. <laughs> no, no, Dune. I think Dune is not on. Dune there.
2: is not on Dune. there. Okay, so it's it's everything except Dune and what did Jack do?
1: No, uh, what that's did Jack not... do? Should be on there. Oh, that's a short. Oh, I guess we've been there. Yeah. We're, we're it's a short where he talks. To, wait, 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 wait,
3: wait, Where he talks to a monkey. Okay. Also, he... when you
1: said what did Jack do, I thought I got it confused with the uh, the house that Jack built. That like. Oh,
3: that's on the <laughs> list. I saw. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ugh, um, um, what? Did, what did Jack do? Fucking
2: terrible.
1: That's Feat-
3: Featuring a, a talking monkey who says the line, "Love is like a banana, sweet with a golden hue."
1: Oh, that sounds nice.
2: It's weird. I'm sure it is. Okay, we have Lynch has if you're counting the return and the Twin Peaks, uh, what is it movie pilot?
3: Um,
2: no,
1: just they only count the return and Fire Walk with Me.
2: Yeah, I don't think they're counting the pilot. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I was gonna be like, there's one missing, but then no. that's the pilot.
3: No, just Dune.
1: Yeah, Dune's The I'm that's- glad
3: straight. I'm glad Straight Story made it on here because yeah. that's such like a off type. Yeah, it's so pleasant, though. It's such a sweet little movie.
2: What about Wild Anyways, at Heart?
3: Wild at Heart was on there. No, I, no, no. I was him. like, what
2: about Wild at Heart? Is that a sweet oh. M- movie? Oh. Uh, no.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, are any of his other movies sweet movies? No. No. I guess. H-
3: have you guys depending depending heard on, that? Depending on how you want to interpret Eraserhead.
1: Yeah. I was going to say Eraserhead. Yeah. I,
2: was, I was about to say, have you guys heard that quote where uh, David Lynch is like, you know, uh, Racerhead is my most personal film. And the no, it's most spiritual spiritual film. And then the interviewee goes like uh elaborate on that and he goes no. Uh, no. no. <laughs> I love that man. <sighs> it's such a great him. interview like response just uh no.
3: <laughs> it's like the uh the Laos cracks uh talk about the color green. Yeah. No.
1: no. <laughs> I, Do we have, have the close. audio of that? I just saw like a screen. Yeah, Yeah, I saw a picture. I don't know if there's even recorded. (sighs) Darn.
3: Anyways. Do we want to wrap
1: up by talking about what we've watched?
3: Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, this is this is going to this episode's going to last forever. I just ordered food, though, so I got plenty of time to kill. Yeah.
1: (laughs) What'd you order? Um, We've we've totally gone an hour since we we stopped talking about the movie, basically. So Uh,
3: what movie did we talk about today?
1: Hard Day's Night. Uh, Allegedly. I know.
3: I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, Okay. Movies. I've I've
1: barely watched anything, so.
3: Yeah, me too. You want to go?
1: I'll go first. Um, So I, since we last spoke, um, I got my Criterion Blu-ray of Original Cast Album Company, so I watched that, Um, along with the documentary now uh, for co-op, which is on there as a special feature, which is pretty fantastic. Um, already mentioned I'm continuing my watch of the Halloween franchise I watched Halloween 5 The Revenge of Michael Myers which is like just a bananas bad movie um, it's
3: fun bad or bad bad
1: mostly fun bad but by the end kind of just bad it's it kind of has some cool like daytime horror at the, the beginning of it reminds me of the beginning of the original Halloween where it's like just teens running around during the day so that's good. Um, Donald Pleasance is completely unhinged in in a fun way. The movie is mostly just him screaming in a terrified child's face, um, and then using a terrified child as bait to get Michael Myers um, in a plan that actually kind of works. So you know, w- worked out for old Loomis over there. Um, yeah, it's it's mostly just very very strange, um, but it's pretty incompetently directed and doesn't like really make any sense at all. Um, then in much better movie watching experience watched The Fog, uh, John Carpenter's The Fog, because I'm working my way through the Carpenter filmography. Um, that movie's really cool and spooky. Um, great looking Northern California set, like, creepy fog mystery violence. Um, yeah, and then I that's, that's about it. Um, I also rewatched Halloween, the, the John Carpenter Halloween for the Blank Check episode that came out this morning, and that's about it.
2: Everyone's talking that that episode is, like, the best podcast
1: episode of I've, all time. That, I that's... listen
3: to, like, an hour of it, and it, and Alex Ross Perry's so fun to listen to I talk.
1: love listening to him talk. Um, no, I've... Like, I know the podcast is obviously extraordinarily popular and everything, but I can't remember the last time that, like, a podcast episode came out, and, like, by the time I on the West Coast was, like, awake and wanting to start a podcast, already the reaction online was like, this is the greatest podcast episode ever, um, but it's pretty good, so...
3: There was something that Ben said that made me like laugh out loud. Yeah,
1: there was, oh, there oh was, it
3: was it was. Um, this is like terrible radio. Uh, they were they were making the David like I grew up in England. Oh, oh joke. Of and, and and David starts to say like Oh yeah the England and Ben was like No I was surprised you grew up I thought you were just a big
0: kid.
1: <laughs> yeah. That- there was a couple of things that made me laugh. Like, like I was listening to it while I was drinking my coffee this morning, and then I almost like threw my coffee across the room. I was laughing so much. Um, but yeah, yeah no, it, it, the timing it, so. could not have been more perfect with that episode uh, with all the horror movies I've been wanting to watch.
2: So, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, was, when does uh, the fog come up? Uh, no, the fog is going to be, because it's they covering John Carpenter, so the fog yeah, yeah, is going to be in like, yeah, oh. it should
3: be coming kind up of a couple weeks.
1: Two, no, it's next. Is it? It's after next. After Halloween, okay. yeah. Yeah, it like goes next. around that era. Yeah, and that and the fogs on Amazon Prime for anyone else who wants to check it out.
2: Yeah. Me.
1: So. Um. But yeah, they also he he does mention like Deep Red, Nick or Dylan, which we were just talking about. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. Hell yeah.
1: So, Cause I I might start watching some Giallo's. I don't know. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a busy uh. So be watching Fall. Blank
2: frame. Check isn't doing Someone's Watching Me or the Elvis Doc.
1: They are. They're or doing not it Doc, on their doc biopic. They're doing it on their Patreon.
2: Oh. Okay. So, yeah, then it's Fog, Escape from New York, and The Thing. Holy yeah. shit, how do you do those three in a row? I know. And then right before that is Halloween, if you take out the, uh, not like the TV movies.
1: Right. And Assault on Precinct 13, which is a pretty, oh, pretty, yeah. pretty great movie, too. That's oh, an so awesome this, movie. This is a good run.
2: That uh, five-movie run is, like, unfucking yeah. touchable
1: yeah, I'm. I'm. That's why I'm having a blast watching these. There's been a lot of directors they've covered where I've been like, I'm gonna watch along, and then I don't. And then don't, this time yeah. I'm like actually like wanting to keep watching.
2: It's because Carpenter uh, um, uh the best.
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting once we start getting into like Starman and Prince of Darkness and I, some of the like weird. I've aspects.
2: heard Prince of Darkness is like arguably his best. Like it's like the below the line best. And
1: you, Dylan, really liked um in the, Mountain in the of mouth madness, of madness. right? In the mouth
2: of madness. About bangs that movie goes hard yeah uh, the more I say with it even the more I just am like that's the best all movie right. ever
1: I will get there soon yeah.
3: in the pot of castness
1: in the pot of castness
3: <laughs> I think that was uh, I think that was um, that would have been a
1: names? good
2: one too.
3: That was uh, Alex Ross Perry's uh, suggestion
1: that was a good one all right what about you guys what have you guys been watching
2: uh, I'll uh, go next because I haven't really right. watched much um, I saw losing ground and phantom thread with my brother um he really liked both. Um, so I have a quick question. Do you guys think Phantom Threat is a romantic movie?
1: hmm Hell
2: yes. yeah. Do you think it's a sweetly romantic movie?
1: Yeah. Kind of, yeah.
2: In its own way. Okay, yeah. yeah. The, Are same, we on his side? No, it was the same thing with uh, Punch Drunk Love where I was like, you oh. know, this is a messed up sort of relationship if you take it seriously, but what it actually means is What like, it
1: represents, yeah.
2: You yes. just, you'd like to be cared for. You like to have okay. your tummy rubbed when it hurts.
1: I, w- I yeah. I'm not saying if I didn't have like if, if I was friends with these people in real life, I would voice y- yeah, my concerns. Yeah, you'd be like, hey, that's that's a bad relationship. <laughs> but, I, but from a it's movie so cute, I not think to they're be very romantic,
3: not to turn into myself, but uh, it's pretend.
1: <laughs> yeah these people are not real so yeah
2: i i just liked again like alex like turned to me and was like that was messed up and i was like yeah yeah it's pretty That's, messed up and he was yeah. like you really can't do your punch drunk love thing with with this movie and i was like
1: like no you really can well you know, it's super romantic <laughs> um
2: and losing ground amazing movie and uh when you guys will be forced to watch hopefully soon, depending. I'll
3: watch movie it movie. after Jana Sat watches Satan Tango.
1: <laughs> I don't even remember what Losing Ground is.
2: It's, uh, it's a movie by... Um, oh, it's Catherine Collins is the director. She made one... She made like one and a half movies and then died. Uh, she oh. was mainly a playwright, but it has like the two greatest black independent voices in it, which is... Um, it has uh, Bill Gunn. Have you guys seen any Bill Gunn movies?
3: Yeah. Um uh what's it called? Uh deep cover. That's Bill Gunn. Oh, yeah. oh, Bill Jesus Christ.
2: Sorry, yeah, yeah, Bill Bill Gunn. He did like Ganjan Hess, Personal Problems. He wrote uh, uh the Landlord or the that's the Hal Ashby movie. Yeah, the Landlord. Um and then uh Dwayne Jones, who was the main guy in Night of the Living Dead, and then also a uh, independent actor. Alone on his own Um.
3: I I haven't I did see that somebody um, Posted on Twitter A uh, Letterbox review Of somebody criticizing Hal Ashby For um, what the the Message was of uh, The landlord saying like oh look at this White guy doing that and they're Ah. like yeah Like you should maybe Look into who wrote it perhaps Yes
1: (laughs) Have you uh, Oh I'm looking at Letterbox now Dylan so you you Like ganja and has
2: Oh my God, Ganjin Hess is so good.
0: Okay,
1: oh, looks allegedly it's streaming on Showtime. Maybe I'll watch that.
2: Oh yes, yes, yes! Do that in your uh, horror I'm movie. Horror your, movie. I'm
1: adding, adding it to my list.
2: One of the craziest vampire movies I've ever seen. Yeah, I, 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 can't, cool. I can't even like describe it, but the final like thirty seconds of it are jaw dropping. That's specifically, tough. um, yeah. And so, like, Losing Ground is just this amazing, like, collision of, like, all these amazing black independent voices that, like, never got the money or the time they needed to be these great artists. So, it really feels like something special. And then I watched a movie called Annette. Um, kind of. I watched about an hour and a half of it, uh, scrubbing through, going through my favorite parts, and, um... That movie bangs. Um, You like it even more now? Oh my god, yeah. I I get why people don't like it, but do I? Like, why don't you like this movie? It's so good.
1: (laughs) I I continue to completely understand why people don't like it (laughs) while still enjoying it myself.
2: Uh, So many good parts. My conductor friend. I love the way he says that. It's so funny. Nick, you have to watch Annette.
3: Yeah, I'm probably gonna watch it tomorrow. I I heard it, I heard it's like kind of a bummer, or parts of it are a bummer. Yeah. And uh, whenever yeah. like Nelly goes out of town, I get like weirdly melancholic. So yeah. I'm trying not to watch anything that'll bum me out. Like uh, and then go to go to. You're not gonna alone. do
1: what I did when Matt left town for a week in the spring, and that's when I watched all of season one of Twin Peaks.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, kind of a bummer.
1: Yeah, that was a choice I made. Nick, Nick, and that's a comedy. You, you've got this. I did not laugh during it. Yeah,
3: so last night I watched uh, A Touch of Zen instead of watching, like, a scary movie or something sad like Annette.
2: Sure. How much of a banger is A Touch of Zen? Oh, we'll get to it. I've got a lot of movies.
3: Or did you, uh, was Annette the last That was the last
2: uh, one. Okay.
3: I'm going to go back um, a little bit to the last time we recorded, and I'll do them real fast. Just Oh, yeah, because you haven't been here. I haven't been here in... The last movie, or the the first movie I watched after we recorded last, um, I can't watch it and then never bring it up on the pod because it is 1962's *Harakiri*. Oh
2: yeah.
3: Yes. Oh <laughs> Which uh, that movie fucking ruled. It so does. Much.
2: It. I can't. I can't even describe how much it. Ruled. It's.
3: It's so so good surpassed I'm, the hype surpassed the hype it's uh, I I, it's, uh, I cannot true believe it
2: even matched the hype because I wouldn't shut up about that movie to you yeah it's really fucking good <laughs> Jenna watch um, our I, I
1: I will I will watch it at some point I shouldn't lean that far back from the microphone um no I will watch it at some point I mean and
0: okay
2: then, Nick would you agree that even though Jana Jen, is an avoid spoilers person you cannot spoil spoil harakiri for yourself like that is what you, you cannot to, or do not
3: you should he, not
1: oh
2: no, yeah 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 don't. like yeah, that is yeah, one of the very no, few I've, movies
1: never, like, I've never looked into it
2: you really can't like that movie has to not be spoiled when you walk in that yeah yeah i agree okay, it okay.
1: should be about the execution not about i the know plot but twist. Yeah.
2: The, the thing is the plot is so good that you can't know yeah.
3: there's one it's not really like a, a mid a mid movie plot twist like it's a little much to even call the twist but there's just like a reveal it's that, not a uh, twist
2: but it like it changes the emotional yeah yeah part of like what's happening so
1: okay. it's
3: pretty sh- it's pretty shocking like
2: yeah Where, where's
1: where's harakiri watchable
3: everywhere um, so i oh, I, I bet it's on Crit- i bet it's on oh, criteria oh, okay. and I, I i bought the disc a while ago and then just like kept it on the top of. The i think it's until, also on until, hbo until, uh, max my, though until my friend and yes. podcast co host uh, stopped yelling at me every so single funny. day to watch it. I, I, <laughs> I
1: kind of did. was really shocked at what's available. Like, HBO Max is such a. Oh, no, know, it's maybe, not it's on HBO not, Max. Okay. But, but still, in HBO, general, Max's HBO Max is, is awesome. kind of a weirdly underrated. Like, there was something I pulled up, and it might have been like a weird Giala movie or something that I was like, I wonder where I can watch this. It was like on HBO Max. <laughs> like, okay. Mm.
2: The crazy thing is, HBO Max has like criterion things and then like. Adam Sandler comedies and then it, yeah. it's it's got it all whatever you want it's got it
1: It's it's got something for everybody absolutely
2: we need I need to insert the the Polar Express hot hot we got it song where they drink the hot coffee I don't know what that is yeah you I, guys the, we're, see, we're too old for when to geriatric millennials yeah. when, when it came out when we left the theater we went immediately to Barnes and Noble and bought the soundtrack I think so huh. yeah I, I grew up on that soundtrack. For people I'm, I'm my age, I'm literally you're gonna...
1: familiar with it from the Blank Check episode, but I have <laughs> not. I'm not even familiar I, I, with it from that. I Did you grow up with the book, Nick? The, like, yeah, Lord I, I, like I, I, I read the book himself? too.
3: Yeah. yeah, we had the book, but otherwise, I'm just familiar with it for the uh, Uncanny Valley CG. Oh.
2: Nick, final question, and I'm, I'm nervous to know this, but where is Harakiri in your uh, new Watches of the Year rankings right now?
3: It'll be pretty high. I don't know how high exactly. I'm trying not to think about it, in, like influencing how how I react to every single new movie. Yeah, I watch, that's fair. That's it, fair. It, it, ought, it it'll be it'll be up there for sure. Yes, a true, a true banger. Um, really, yeah. And then real real quickly, I watched The Green Knight, which you guys talked about. I believe I haven't listened mm-hmm. to that episode yet because I still want to see um, Old and Annette before I get to it. So I think you guys talked about Green Knight. I think you talked about Luca, and I we believe did. you talked about Pig.
0: Pig. Uh, Wait, did like you watch Luca?
3: Those... Yeah, I watched Luca. What'd you think? I liked it. I don't think I like it as much as you, but Damn. I liked it. Um, pig, pig, true,
2: true masterpiece. Holy Seriously. shit.
1: Pig is so well, good.
2: I remember when that trailer came out and all of us were in. And, our, our and, and, and We were,
1: we were going to we do pig. a bit. Like we were going to make liking Pig a joke. Yeah. And, and we all just love Pig.
2: And we were like, like nervous about like, is it really going to be good or something? And then we all watch it and we're just like. Yeah,
3: pig's amazing. Um, was never doing it as a bit, and was never nervous. I knew
2: in my heart of hearts, <laughs> that pig was gonna be okay. Jen and I were nervous then. Yeah, we were so doing was, it as a bit. I
1: was exactly. I was like, I'm just gonna be really into pig, and then we
2: are all really into pig. Mm-hmm.
3: It's a it's a bananas um like just whole decision to make a movie like that and have it star Nick Cage for a directorial debut. Like, yes, yeah.
2: it's huge, genuinely a, huge, bold movie.
3: Huge props! Did, um, did on, you guys on doing read
1: that. about? And I don't think we've talked about this, but there was a, that interview with Nicolas Cage from a bunch of years ago, where it's like, you've played all these types of things, and you and it's like, I think it was when he was making The Sorcerer's Apprentice, and they said, "What made you want to make this movie?" He said, "I'd always wanted to play a wizard," and the interviewer was like, "Oh, okay. Um, is there any other thing that you would always that you that you want to play in a movie?" And his first answer was a chef. Hmm. And then, like, he listed a couple of other things, but that was his immediate answer when they're like, is there anything else you'd like to portray oh, on screen? And he said, a that's chef. so cute. So, he, he got there. You know, I can't like the,
2: imagine how much of a good time he was having making the final dish of that movie. And so, I kind
1: of, so I kind of get the sense that, like, you know, he he must have just really wanted to make that movie. Like, yeah,
2: I'm glad he did. He's excellent in it.
1: He's, he's fantastic in it. He's yeah.
2: so good. I cannot wait to do our uh, best actor uh, showdown at the end of yeah. the year. And yeah. Just be like, Nick Cage, pig.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, um, so then I watched Can't Get You Out of My Head, which is the long, uh, very good Adam Curtis documentary from this year. Mm-hmm.
1: I still can't uh, believe I th- thought you were talking about the uh, Nick the, the Oaks Oaks song the song. <laughs> 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 this whole, I was listening to a podcast about Can't Get You Out of My Head, I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. It's
3: a great song. They spend uh, two hours deconstructing every uh, beat. Um, I watched Three by Johnny Toe. I watched the movie Streets of Fire, which is a cool... Uh, oh, like, Yeah. Sounds think a rock I would and roll like fable? Fire? I've always Oh, to my watch God. That. You would. you would I, love Right? It, okay. it yeah, seems like it's up is, my alley. It's absolutely up your alley. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched the aforementioned Terrorizers, which rules. I watched a movie called Hell's a Poppin'. that... Um,
1: <laughs> it's just fun to say Hell's a Poppin'.
3: It's fun to say it's. What's the name again? Di- hell's a poppin'. this is oh. really maybe <laughs> gonna be up there with Harakiri at the end of
2: the year wow uh, I, I, I i fucking love this movie hara ins- and hell's a poppin two h's it's,
3: it's insane um it's very like mel brooksian um huh just incredibly manic fast-paced fun super f- like multiple laugh laugh out louds just watching it by myself great movie um i watched the Choi hark movie green snake which stars maggie chung as a snake who turns into a person and another girl who's a snake who turns into a person and they do some martial artsing um i watched a film noir called address unknown which uh, i'd never heard of and my other podcast co-host told me about it it's about a uh a german who's living in america goes back to germany supposed to just be for a short period of time and accidentally like stumbles into becoming a nazi and the movies from 1944 oh, um, it's, holy it's, shit yeah it's really um it's it's an awesome noir and i don't know why more people uh haven't like why why this hasn't like gotten a big resurgence because it's incredible super stylish in that nar noir, noir way um and the, the message of the movie is basically like look at how easy it is to become a fascist um pretty timely that feels uh, close yeah to home. it's really good i w- i watched a bollywood movie called iga which is about a guy yes. who um i guess first act spoilers but he be- he gets killed and then gets reincarnated as a fly and goes on um t- to get revenge <laughs> and it's it's great super ridiculous but really really fun and then um lastly i watched a touch of zen which um is a wuxia movie apparently it's pronounced wuxia i'd been pronouncing it, wuxia, I it but, once, yeah. I, yeah. but i but i listened like really hard when when one of the actresses said it in one of the interviews afterwards and that's another just incredible movie some of the best fight scenes uh i've i've ever seen uh really really Good movie by the guy who made um, "Come Drink with Me" and "Dragon Inn." So, yeah, that was my uh, last three where,
2: weeks.
1: Where did you watching. watch "Hell's a Poppin"?
2: Netflix. I had to. Oh, is it on Netflix? Oh, sorry, no. no. I, I have this. I have the streets fire. Streets of fire, fire is on Netflix. Streets of Fire is on Netflix. Yeah, I, I, I had I, to I had buy the, it on. I the bucks pod pages up, and I was looking at the wrong one. Yeah.
3: I found a DVD of it, and I bought the DVD for yeah. six dollars on Amazon.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's. As I say it seems kind of hard to track down.
3: Yeah, I've been I've been looking for it. For, yeah, the DVD is still on sale on Amazon for uh 5.99. And um I'd definitely recommend it. It uh it's something that I I don't know like what the rights issues are and like uh remastering issues are, but it really does seem like something that's just ripe for getting a uh a a, a new Blu-ray release that would uh I think it'd be very
2: popular if they did that. Nick, quick, quick question Sneaky with, agrees. uh... Yeah. question with Streets I, that, of I
3: think that's my Chinese food.
2: <laughs> oh. Streets you, of Fire. You Go get your Chinese food first.
3: No, it's, they're dropping it off.
1: <laughs> Sneaky's gonna be barking through a closed door.
2: Um, ha- have you seen any other Walter Hill movies besides Streets of Fire before this?
3: Uh, I think just The Warriors.
2: Okay. Do you like The Warriors? Warriors is a good movie.
3: Oh, yeah. Warriors rules.
2: That's a solid movie. Um... Do you think I'd like Streets of Fire?
3: Yeah, Streets of Fire is a very good movie. Okay, super. It's just like a super fun, enjoyable hour and a half. You get a young Diane Lane. You get a young Willem Dafoe.
2: Get a you young get, Rick uh, Moranis.
3: You get a—he's not that young Rick Moranis. He's dating the Diane Lane character, and it's like, wow, he's too what the—he's
0: yeah, also a Rick Moranis,
2: guy. and she's oh. Diane Lane.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, Diane it's, Lane it's, is
2: like the most beautiful person in the '80s, and then became more beautiful as she aged. So yeah, yeah. and
3: that's sort of like the text of the movie is also aware that <laughs> okay. uh, he, he has no enough. business being with her.
1: Fair enough. All right, should we wrap up so you can go rescue yeah. your dog?
3: That dog is—he's nuts. He. Bad, uh bad. I will say
1: the top of my watch list right now, based on the last two things I added, are Streets of Fire and Phantom of the Paradise, which I feel like Ooh. would make for a hell of a double feature.
2: Jen, you seen gotta Phantom watch of Phantom of the Paradise. Oh, you guys gotta watch Phantom of the Paradise. It's Maybe the that'll best. be
3: uh, something I watch tonight.
2: Guys, yeah. do you know who does the the music of Phantom of the Paradise?
1: No.
3: Meatloaf.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, Meatloaf is one of the characters. Or no, his his name is Beef. Beef is one of the characters. I'm sorry. Um, the composer is Paul Williams of the Muppets. Oh,
1: yes, I knew it. Oh. Paul, Paul Williams of the Muppets.
2: Well, I mean, like that's how I know him. And that's Got how I'm
1: a... I say, I've heard of Paul Williams, but I, I actually did not know he was associated with the Muppets.
2: Um, he did all the music for most of the Muppets movies, I think.
1: Oh, that's cool. He,
3: he was on the show.
2: Yeah, yeah and including Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. He did the music. Wait, first. wasn't
3: he on the show? Was he a guest on the show? Or am I thinking of a uh, different guy? I think I'm thinking of a different guy.
1: You might be thinking of him. He's got a pretty distinct look.
2: He he, he does have a very... D- Episode 108, Paul Williams. There okay, you there we go. Why, why did we never get a Paul Williams documentary Guys, with Philip Seymour talking, Hoffman playing him?
1: We have been talking for two and a half hours. We definitely finished talking about Hard Day's Night over an hour ago.
3: <laughs> we're doing the reverse. Uh, blank check, where we? Oh, we finish early and then
2: go way too long.
1: And then just keep talking. Yeah. I think well, Janet's
2: about to lose her mind. But- at least
1: we prioritized uh, talking about the movie. Um,
2: we did. We had a really good discussion good on the Good chat.
1: Yes, absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. We it's a already good did movie. all of our wrap up stuff. Um, but Bye. yeah, thanks. No, thank you to everyone <laughs> for listening to the show. Uh, if you want to follow us on Letterboxd and Twitter, we are at or, yeah we are at Great Movies Pod on both. Thanks as always to our friend Scott Brady for our podcast artwork. You can follow him at Scott Brady Artist on at, sorry at S Brady Artist on Twitter. Um, next next time out, Hoop Dreams. Hoop Dreams. Hoop Dreams. So it'll be a first time watch for me. Um, Three hours. I know, it's on I know HBO. Them. Yeah, but it, it's streamable on HBO. Um, and yeah, that, that's a movie that I haven't seen, but I am very familiar with it due to its cultural presence. Um, so that'll be good. Do,
2: do you know how the kids end up?
1: Yeah, I do. Okay. Okay. Um, I know. I know where the story goes. Um, I've, gotcha. I've listened to like a couple of podcasts about that movie somehow. I, don't, okay. I guess. I guess not somehow. It, it's a, you know, very good and well liked movie. Um, all right. Well, until next time, Roger out.
2: Roger, Roger Ro- out. Sneaky's not so sneaky today. He's
0: never
3: sneaky. The dog's a maniac.
0: And when I go to the movies, I am that person on the screen. I am having vicariously an experience that happened to someone else. And that makes me a better person. That to see good films and to see important films is one of the most profoundly civilized experiences that we can have as people.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yes. you sneaky too.
3: Oh, I thought I'd muted. I muted myself in audacity, <laughs> so no one will know that I'm yelling at my dog. Who's barking at either a deer in the front yard or a who knows what.
1: I, I was going to make a comment earlier about oh man, well, your whole family gone. We're not going to have you know any uh, Chaos. kids yelling. No, there for may ac- or- there
3: may actually be more. I've got the door open so I can listen to him if he needs to like go out or whatever. But uh,
1: <laughs> he's just working himself into a lather over something.
3: Yeah, I may close it. It may actually be worse than Nelly to get him to shut up
1: sneaky oh did he wander in yeah he's hmm. oh what oh, a oh, baby he is cute yeah he's a good boy
3: actually he's Aww. not a good boy he's he's, gonna a very, say? He's, a very he's sneaky boy.
1: <laughs> you're wearing an Angels
3: shirt i am wearing a shohei otani uh jersey. oh is
1: that your new shohei otani jersey yep. who nice.
3: got who got struck out three times uh by by uh, Tristan McKenzie the other day.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that's all right. For yeah. you. We'll love that. Yeah.
3: Mm. The real MVP of the season, Tristan McKenzie.
1: Aw. Fre- uh, frequent I,
3: frequent uh, option to the minors, Tristan McKenzie.
1: I liked um, that picture of Tristan McKenzie playing with the Little Leaguers. Cause, like, at, yeah. He's very tall, obviously, mm-hmm. but the, the angle from the picture from the back, I kind of thought he was just a tall Little Leaguer. He's like, he is so slight that I was like, Wait, which one is that? Oh, no, that's Tristan McKenzie. Okay.
3: <laughs> Did you see the picture of him next to Cece from what must have been pretty recent? Like, I think it was this week. No. Uh, he's very small compared to Cece, <laughs> who, is still, even- who is still a huge man and has gigantic veins in his forearms, which are yes. things that, uh, people ought not have, I think. Um, <laughs> Yeah, CeCe still looks like he could probably, like, if it wasn't for his, what was his knee that was all messed up? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm, like, I'm sure he could still pitch if it, like, he could have kept on going if he uh, wouldn't have to deal with those injuries. He had the body of a
2: pitcher that could have pitched to
1: 45. Yeah, yeah, big dude. Yeah, I was gonna say, and he's not even as big as he was when he was pitching, and he still is huge.
3: Yeah. So, well, one of the one of the comments on the picture said, uh, "Oh, it looks like CC lost a bunch of weight." And then somebody else replied, "Yeah," and Tristan did not find it.
1: <laughs> <Aww>.
3: <laughs> well, I saw it because Tristan retweeted it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, as long as he's got a good sense. Yeah, humor
2: yeah I about think he's. It. You know, you uh, know who else has a good sense of humor?
1: The Beatles. The Beatles. Oh, sure. That's what we're talking about. Except um. John.